nice to finally meet you, man. Had my eye on you for years. I know all about you. Your serum, Whistler, everything. Sunblast. Hey, it's a start, right? The goal, of course, is to be like you. Daywalker. You got the best of both worlds. All our strengths, none of our weaknesses. Well, maybe I don't see it that way. Oh, so it's back to pretending we're human again? Come on. Spare me the Uncle Tom routine, okay? You can't keep denying what you are, man. You think the humans will ever accept a half-breed like you? They can't. They're afraid of you. And they should be. You're an animal. You're a fucking maniac. Look at them. They're cattle. Pieces of meat. What difference does it make how their world ends? Plague, war, famine. Morality doesn't even enter into it. We're just a function of natural selection. The new race. Looks like your mascara's running. I'm offering you a truce. I want you with us. What do you think, I'm stupid? Redane prota ochano. Sisnu praga o prota umpano. Familiar with the blood god? Frost. You're nothing to me but another dead vampire. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. Happy New Year, folks. We're back. The Grindhouse Show is in full effect, live and direct. Folks, let's put our minds together and empower us for a more eventful 2017, a safer, more alive. And I mean that in all of its intent, a fully alive, a fully functional 2017. Anyway, 
I think it would be best to encapsulate 2016 as well as giving you some of our impressions or our our predictions for 2017 when it comes down to nerds of color, blurdom, and just nerd geek culture in general. Just what's going on 2017 and what has happened 2016, the good, bad, and indifference. Anyway, a chief component for the previous years and the years going forward of the Afro-nerd machinery deals with urban alternative groove, black rock and roll, psychedelic soul, progressive hip-hop, acid jazz, blues, all that good stuff that you just seem not to be hearing for whatever reason. <laughs> I cannot explain it. Anyway, this is an artist from the U.K. giving you a dash of actual blue-eyed soul. The UK cats know how to do this. This is Zach Abel, Soul Child. Give you a few mo- few moments of UK groove. We'll be right back. Let's get to it. Ah. Ooh, what a miracle! Smiling up in my face. Taming the animal, putting me in my place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Made in America, daddy place for high stay. Mama gave the goods to you, then you sent her my way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You showed me a way out as we lay down, and all I wanna do.
Okay, folks, we're back. Having a little bit of technical difficulties behind the scenes. Um, let me just bring in the gang. First up, he is the captain. Captain, you're needed in engineering once again. Let's just get to it. Howdy, folks. Glad to be here. <laughs> then, of course, we have the indefatigable, I guess the, the podcast co-host, along with my co-discussants of the year, 2016, he is Daryl B. Well, you know this cat. Let me just open up the door. To Marcus Williams, to Greg Burnham, I'm going to begin 2017 with thanking you guys. Tuskegee Airs 1, quality, folks, quality. Okay, can, uh, can you cats hear me? Yeah, yeah I hear you. You you can't hear everybody else. Okay, let me let me work this out. 2016 uh, bugs, folks. Okay. Uh, hmm. Hold hold up. Uh oh. Okay, we'll do it that way. We'll do it that way. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Okay. Were you able to hear hear me on the other mic? Yep. But you you didn't hear Paul Paul Louise Julie. Hello. No, that's it. Okay. Can you, can you hear me now? Yep. yep. All right. Uh, okay. Let me let me try this with the the other mic. Hold on. Oh, this is great. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, but slightly lower. Gentlemen, I can't hear you. Oh, we hear go. you. <laughs> He's got to go back to the other mic. The 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 mic he was saying before he switched to this mic. Agreed. Okay, you can hear me on the, but I can't hear you. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> 2016, okay. year of the gremlins. Yeah, I see that. All right. <sighs> it just won't. It just. It, they refuse to do what I say. <laughs> Technology. All right. Let, let's let's try to do this um, the old-fashioned way. For some reason, um, trying to do it the. Uh, with the mic more professionally, it's just not working out. All right, listen, gentlemen. Um, I, we were expecting, and he's in, in in the background. Paul Louise Jolie from the Pack and from Johansi, and you know, just general Afrofuturist comic book creator. Um, and uh, I told him, listen, I wanted to sit in because he's got controversial views. Although I've been labeled controversial too, so you can take that with a grain grain, grain of salt. <laughs> we you have, we controversial? Have no, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> We have independent thought, so sometimes that, be, that can become a, 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 an issue. Uh, I perceive uh, Claire Lene will probably be calling in at some point, our left coast correspondent. So anyway, what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about, obviously, 2016 going into 2017 in a few hours. Um, Daryl, let's, let's kind of run down what were your thoughts for 2016. 
however you want to encapsulate it. I, I leave the, the mic to you. Well, uh, other people could handle it. 2016 was all over the place. I mean, we're, we're more and more going into uh, a region of uncertainty, all right? Uh, uh, socially, politically, economically, that's, that's where we're headed, all right? But on what, what my expertise, on my side of the fence, I love 2016, <laughs> all right? A. a Big deaths aside, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher, rest in peace, Debbie Reynolds. You know, big deaths aside, right, I saw more more people of color step up to the mic as podcasters, as YouTubers, as as folks that, that we, we often said, if you're going to be about it, be about it. See them step up, profess their love, uh, and go in, go in. We... we this was this was a year where we didn't let let Marvel in DC to pull off BS and not have comments about it. Not go, no no no, that ain't right. Not go, okay, why are we doing this? All right? And I love to see that. I love to see that. What I would love to see more is that if we do this and we step up and we're so passionate about it, I want to see us support the independent creators more, right? Twitter is great. Kickstarter is great, right? Uh, Indiegogo, great as a start. We need to be there. We need to support these guys with our, our bucks and our, our thing, you know? So that's what I want for 2017. We're, we're making great strides. People are making moves. You know, and, and our supporters know. They've seen us tweet, retweet, suggest, say, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. Go see this. Oh, my God. that That's a great project over there. Oh, if you don't know about this cat, well, follow him. Follow her. Do this. Now, well, for 2017, sure, I love you guys listening to us follow what we say, but I also want you guys also to discover these on your own and then come back to us saying, you know, a shout-out to Bison, who often does this with me. Like, have you checked this out? You got to go check this out. Have you seen this? You got to see this. I want more of our people doing that across the stream. across the, Because if these independents get stronger, then – the guys on the top of the heap, Marvel, DC, they got to change their game up and change some of their ways then. If the indies start getting stronger, if, if, if the independent TV, if the independent radio, if they start getting stronger, then the conglomerates have to change their ways. That's what I hope coming up. All right? In this 2016, again, a lot of uncertainty. But 2017... We should go into 2017 in a few hours seeing everything we did wrong or everything we tried to ignore in 2016, saw how that bit us in the butt, and 2017 tried to change that. Back to you, Afro Nerd. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, until he gets it together, hey, Cap, you want to follow the same line of thinking? All right. Well, this is what I'll say. 
pain, suffering, as we go into 2017, as certain things hit the exponential curve. But that being said, you know, 2016 was rather interesting. Here's, here's one problem and one good thing. Pros and cons with it. We had a lot of TV, a lot of different shows in 2016. Now, there's some good and there's some bad. This has a tendency to spread a lot of the ratings across the board. A lot of the ratings get spread across the board. What does that mean? That means essentially, essentially that. You know, instead of shows necessarily having monster ratings and people are trying to figure out why uh, this is down, these ratings are down. No, there's a, there's a lot of television. There's a lot of different ways to watch things, to streaming services and everything else. That begins to spread things all over the place. Also, too, because there's so much product coming out, some of the product is not good. You know, tell you the truth, because this year more so than I did in my latter years, I have started watching products, and I got to turn it right off. I said, this is garbage. This is garbage. Basura. Trash. You know? G-File. G-File, a lot of shows, because they're just not good. They're just throwing stuff up on the wall to see what sticks. And I think going into 2017, you're going to have more of that. You're going to see people, uh, different streaming networks, different regular, what we call, you know, standard networks, trying to figure things out, throw things up and on the wall and see what sticks. And you're going to get more of that. The stuff sucks. This show was not good. A lot of that going on. But again, once again, the cream will rise to the top. When you have something good, it seems to stick around most of this time, as long as it's not on Fox Network. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. you know, Sarah Connor Chronicles still upset about it. See, I'm still hot, Dow. Still hot. <laughs> still hot. Wait, wait. Hey, you saw Fox Green? It just greenlit another like sci-fi program, and I looked. I I saw that on the news. I was like. Why did it have to be Fox? I would watch it on any other station. But I know, I know it's on Fox. Once I get invo- mostly invested, they'll pull the rug right out from under me. Yeah, you, you, you got to keep, keep those ratings high on Fox, man. <laughs> Seven million, I don't know. Well, well, the whole that's the climate that we're in. Anyway. Oh, by the way, I'm here. Oh, I'm there here it goes. Uh, I think our, our friend Paul Louise Jolie is in the house. How you doing, Paul? Paul? Are you there? Uh, I'm here, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. <laughs> All right, good. good Happy New good, Year. Good. Happy New Year to yeah, everybody. Happy, New, Happy New Year to you guys, too. Right. Listen, uh, you know, you, you, you're kind of a polarizing cat, and I say that affectionately <laughs> because I've caught that, I've caught that description as well, Paul. So uh, I figured we had to get you back because you're probably going to see something or say something that uh, <laughs> many <laughs> geeks feel a certain way about. And you will deconstruct it and have a different opinion. So I kind of dig that. Um, well, you know, let, let me say I, my... I appreciate you having me on for that. Oh, of course, of course, anytime. Uh, folks, again, we've had some technical problems, so our apologies. Uh, maybe that will be the end of 2016. I doubt it as far as, as, far as our technical issues. But 
2017, let's, let's hope we can straighten that kind of stuff out. Uh, as far as my feelings as, uh, as to what happened in 2016, I, I'm, I'm like Daryl, to be honest with you. Uh, this, I, can't, I don't know if we've reached the, the apex of nerd culture for 2016 because it seems we keep on going deeper and deeper uh, into, into nerd lore. I mean, we're going to have an Inhumans TV show. Who would have ever thought about that? I mean, as, as a kid reading the Inhumans comic books, even if it's going to be interpreted some other kind of way, we're probably not going to see Black Bolt in a black costume with a tuning fork on his forehead. Well, the tuning fork might be on his forehead. Who knows? But the idea, the idea of it being on TV, much less an IMAX for the first two episodes, that's going to be amazing. So 2016 uh, led into what we may see for, for uh, next year. Um, I wasn't so pleased with DC's product, and we've had a lot of discussions on that. Uh, but that's, a, again, talking about polarizing, there are folks who are DC supporters, and I consider myself a DC supporter. I, I like geek culture all the way around. But I also like good product. I just, I just didn't think that DC's, DC's cinema interpreted their, their IPs well. But they still made enough money to keep on going into the well. So let's hope that 2000, 2017 will be better for them. Uh, this might be the year, 2016, might be the year of streaming. Uh, I thought that up until this point, there was the, the appearance that streaming was kind of something that was done reluctantly, that some people, some of these companies didn't necessarily want to embrace streaming. But this is very much a millennial culture. And people, not just millennials, but people who are on the move the way that the networks would want you to look at these things. Very busy. Time is of the essence. So we're binge-watching and we're seeing things on our phones, on our computer screens, not necessarily in a conventional way. So 2016 expanded that, and I think 2017 will even expand it even more as far as what the streaming services are capable of. Um, I thought there was a lot of good product out there, all, all, all things considering. This is where I might diverge from where, where Cap was talking about. Yes, there's a lot of junk, but, but considering that there's so much product, there's an awful lot of good product can, where things could be really horrible. I think there's a, a finite amount of stuff that's horrible, and maybe we, we've, we've gotten so much of, a, of an a la carte kind of way of looking at TV that even the stuff that we perceive to be sucky, you know, Real Housewives of Atlanta is not my kind of thing. Uh, Hip-hop housewife, all that neo-minstrelsy, I'm not looking at it. Empire included, it's not my thing. Lee Daniels has, has another show, I'm not looking at that. That's not my thing. That, wouldn't, that, would, that would be sucky product for, for me. Someone else, if that's their cup of tea, they're going to go after that. So um, I have more to say. I don't want to hog the mic so much. So let, let, me, let me go to, to our, our friend, Paul, Paul, what are your thoughts about 2016 in, in geek culture or blurred culture? How do you think 2016 cool. worked out, and how, what do you um, perceive things to be for next year? Uh, all in all, uh, I have to agree with you. We've seen some really great products in 2016, and we've seen some disappointing products, and we've seen some outright inflammatory products. Um, and uh, for me, I kind of categorize them accordingly. I mean, it crosses over. Because... The interesting thing about 2016, um, 
while we're on the subject is that we now live in an age where franchises are, are in multi-formats. I mean, this is unprecedented. Uh, if, you, if you guys remember like 20, 25 years ago, um, if you had a franchise that was in the movies, it pretty much stayed in the movies. And if it crossed over into something else, it was mainly like a, a money-grabbing, um, corny, uh, 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 corny, corny spinoff. But you weren't really, you weren't really, really going like, to take it seriously. Like if you had a movie and then you had like, a comic book of it, it was mainly just like a tie-in to sell more toys. But now we've, ever since Marvel Studios came onto the, uh, onto the scene and showed us how a shared universe can actually work um, uh, like across different platforms, everyone is, is in the rat race now. I mean, every single studio is, is, is scrambling and getting other products out there, but they're, they're, but they're coalescing this, or co- sorry, coordinating this with, with all of the, um, uh, with with with, uh, with comic book products, uh, but trying to put quality products out there too, and trying to make sure that you have this uh, every one every franchise has its own ecosystem, so to speak. And um, I have to respect that because it's great. It's a great time to be a nerd because you get to stay in these worlds much more, uh, um, um, much more integrally than you could before. And also now with the the uh, the, 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 the 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 resurgence of VR, which has been around for a while, but now it's going to come back in a much more hands-on way. I think that we're we're about to cross over into a into a platform where we can actually be in these worlds that we create and actually live these stories. Which is it's interesting. It's scary at the same time. It's it it really opens up a whole new frontier that um, that reminds us that we really are in the future and that there's a lot to to look into. So that said, like uh, uh, what are my opinions on what's happened in 2016? Well, I have to go through 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 different franchises. As far as Star Wars is concerned, I was kind of dis- I was pretty disappointed by the, the Force Awakens. I don't I don't hate it, but I think it was actually pretty. It, it, I, it was a good film, but it, uh, it was uh, it was disappointing because I felt that it was a rehash, and there was a lot of fan service to the fans of the original trilogy. Which again, like that's fine, but if you're gonna make a Star Wars film, make something original. I just kind of felt like I kind of dropped the ball on that one, and we we can go on for hours on. Our disappointments with Finn, but we're not. We'll be here for like we'll be here for hours if we go on that one. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, you know, let me say this about Finn though. Um, I don't want this to be misunderstood that I think he was a bad character because there were some aspects of the character that I really liked. But the one like thing I could not stand about it was this Hollywood trope of making every black character to be over emotive every single time. He has like these these over uh, expressions on his face and. It just made him seem like some some happy Negro sidekick that was just, just going around and and he's so shocked by everything and then Ray is like the level headed uh, the, the, the level headed white chick that's just like you know telling him to calm down so it just it made him seem like a kid too many times it just really really irritated me I mean uh, like uh, even though in the original trilogy we only had one black guy uh, but he was a pretty cool black guy I mean Billy D Williams I mean that guy could just walk in I mean. Uh, he, he's who can make a space cape like that work? I mean, he's pretty much like a pimp cape, but he walks in like that, and he walks into this this space opera franchise, but he made it work because he's Billy D. Williams. So it was it was pretty. Um, I was I was kind of let down by that, but um, uh, aside uh, just in general, the narrative is just a real, a real rehash. It felt lazy, um, but it was a good movie in general. If they just called it a remake of A New Hope, then I probably would have given it a pass. But that was that. However. That was immediately redeemed when I saw Rogue One, which was by far, in my opinion, the best Star Wars movie ever made. I'm just going to go ahead and say it that way. Because <laughs> I, oh, I, here I, we I, go. I thought, 
I thought it was incredible. I actually thought it was incredible. Now, here's someone who I, – I, I have my pros and cons of every single Star Wars film. For some reason, this one just uh, – uh, it solidified it with me. It, it, it because Mainly because it unified the entire saga for me. I absolutely loved it. The, the 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 I love how there was there was nods to both trilogies. I, I love how how it focused on things you should focus on. It, it it made us adults feel like we're watching an adult film. At the same time, they were alienating the little kids too much. Even though I don't really know why you take your kid to see Rogue One, but that's I mean the, the the Star Wars is big enough now to where we could have certain things that are for the adults and certain things that are for the kids. Hopefully they'll they'll continue the Marvel message of of making a, a Netflix version of Star Wars, which which. Which, which, uh, which, uh, before the the sale, Lucasfilm actually had in mind to do like a, a a gritty underworld version of Star Wars as a series. So I hope that that's still on the table. And then you have the the more family friendly uh, films, blockbusters that are out there everyone can enjoy. But overall, I thought that Rogue One was incredible, and uh, I I was actually I was very pleased with the the diverse representation in there. I, th- I thought that uh, that. Forrest Whitaker killed it as Saw Gerrera. Even at first, I was a little apprehensive because I was, I, I was, even though I was a fan of the of the character in the Clone Wars because I really loved that show. And then I saw they're gonna do this character and on the screen, and I didn't really see how, what, what was the point of him doing it there. And also, I was really tired of this this constant trope in Hollywood of of having the the mutilated black man who's like half machine. For the same reason, I cannot stand Cyborg as a character in DC. I think it's it's it, it's a terrible character because every time that you have like that one token black guy, he has to be mutilated somehow. Whether it be like he's missing an eye, like Nick Fury, or or or, or, or I don't know, like, like he's uh, he's mutilated some kind of damage. It's just or, or like he's, his skin is burnt off, like Spawn. It's just it's starting to get old after a while. Like what what is so challenging to just have a black character and that's it? I mean, you don't have to mutilate him to kind of like balance it out, I guess, for so many people. So that was that was kind of irritating, but. Um, uh, Forrest, he, he made it work. I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, so that, that was as far as Star Wars. And as far as DC is concerned, I have to completely agree with Desmond there. I've I've been thoroughly disappointed with them ever since Man of Steel. Um, Man of Steel, I thoroughly enjoyed, but ever from that point on, everything else has been. Uh, uh, I don't know if we can curse on this show, but it's, it's, it was absolutely terrible to say the least. It was it was uh, I, I, uh, BVS was a complete mess. Uh, it was an editing disaster. It was it was just uh, it was still very gratuitous. The the casting was on point, but the overall editing was and the narrative was very bad. Um, I see that Zack Snyder is trying to go for that gritty, dark feel, but that worked for Man of Steel. I don't know if he can actually carry that on to the universe. Suicide Squad should not even be named. It was that bad. And then they're, they're going on with their, all their other the, – they're, they're expanding that universe, which just shows you the, the abysmal stupidity of, the, of WB right now, but how you, can, you, you see the one thing that's, that's not working, but that's the thing you want to capitalize on. Instead of making a Man of Steel two like everyone wanted, but you know whatever. So that's that's that, that's DC. As far as their their comic book product, I've kind of felt fallen off of it ever since Rebirth. I, I'm I'm not a fan of Rebirth. I I like the New Fifty Two, but then they kind of went to this new thing. I'm not a fan of Rebirth. Marvel is killing it in the movies. They they thoroughly uh, entertain me, and I've never been such a prouder nerd to see. Peter Parker swing into the MCU. It was just absolutely beautiful. It cheered me up, and it was it was it was perfect. Um, the Black Panther. You guys already know my opinions on on on, on that, but I'm just. Uh, but in, in regards to the Black Panther, because Marvel Studios has such good credit in my book, like they've never steered me wrong. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to go see it. I'm going to check it out. Um, and 
at the same time, my expectations are not that high on that particular one. But uh, the, the less said about that, the better. Because, I mean, if not, people can go to the other past episodes and see my rants about that. But um, uh, also, uh, yeah, so that was just Marvel Studios. And then um, apart, apart from that, like TV shows, have I've been thoroughly entertained. Dark Matter is great. Curious for that to come back. The Expanse, couldn't really get into it. Um, and uh, also, I recently checked out Screen Queens. Screen Queens, that was a, it's a pretty hilarious show, by the way. For those that are fans of the, of the horror genre, it's like a nice mashup, uh, homage, comedy, dark comedy, which is pretty nice. But um, that's all I've seen for all, all year, though. The, the Netflix shows were great. Um, I mean, we got Luke Cage, which was um, – uh, that was incredible. I absolutely loved it. They, they definitely put Harlem on the map, and everyone's trying to rep Harlem now, even though they, they didn't care about it before, but that's another thing. But, uh, yeah. Overall, 2016 has been good. Some disappointments, but some good stuff too. Um, you know what? Let's uh, let's talk about the lines. I, there's another call here. I'm not familiar with the number, but um, <laughs> triple one. Yeah, happy New Welcome. Year to you guys. Yes, tell us who you are and where you're calling from. My name's Joe Montana. Welcome, Joe. Okay. I heard you guys talking about TV shows, so. What I wanted to ask is this. What do you guys think of, um, what is it, Designated Survivor? That's what, uh, but go ahead, go ahead, uh, Daryl. Uh, with Designated Survivor, I look at it as a mashup of Wrestling and 24. I'm, I'm being totally serious. They, hmm. they get some of the political stuff right. They do get some of the political stuff right. And how, how is you weren't suited for the role and you have the role thrust upon you like that, it 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 it, it will cause you immense headaches. But at the same time, Kiefer is bringing the same, like, manic energy that he did with 24. So, so you, you get caught up in both ways with it. The only thing I find wrong with it, the only thing I find wrong with it at times, it tends to drone on. I, I'm expecting more, more tension, and it gets kind of tepid, you know. And that's yeah. with me uh, uh, coming in and out of it all the time. Uh, it, honestly, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say this. They, for some of their more dramatic moments, they need to steal a page out of the last ship. I'm actually giving credit to Michael Bay property, but I'm giving credit to Michael Bay property. With oh, some gosh, of their confronta- with some of their confrontations, the designated survivor, they don't emotionally bring you in. They don't trap you in. But last ship manages to do that. I don't know how, but they manage to do that. But hey, designated survivor is a good show. I can't, I can't front. I hated on it. I hated on the concept in the beginning. But you know what? After watching a few of them, I'm like, you know, I could see how people come into this. Okay. I read uh, the reviews on IMDb. Nobody seems to like it. I happen to be the only one that I know of that actually likes the show. Oh, <laughs> I think, hey. So huh? now you know there's two of you out there. Okay. So <laughs> you and myself then. Because uh, everybody else, I think, would have had expectations about Because Keith Sutherland did an enormously great job for 24. 24, to me, is probably the most intelligently written um, action show ever. It was just terrific. So I think people said, Keith Sutherland, it's going to be great. I think he deliberately toned it down, and I think they did bring in 
Um, a lot of the political elements that a lot of people in America aren't even truly aware of. Everybody thinks that once you elect to, to be the president, um, you know, you've got things made, you've got your people around you. People don't realize that once you're a president, even though you're not the designated survivor and you're the elected one, you have to deal with everything that's going on in the United States, and even if it's not constitutional. Because I'm a libertarian, I think most of the stuff that the government gets their octopus uh, tentacles in, uh, they shouldn't be involved in, but they do. And that means that involves the president. I think you have to have an IQ of about 180, plus a terrific memory in order to um, take in and assimilate all the details that are going to be thrust upon you every day from briefings. So okay, based on what you just based on what you just said, that means that 2017 we are doomed. That's oh God, more doomed than ever. We don't like Trump. Yeah. Now, so. I didn't vote for Trump, but I, I certainly didn't vote for Hillary, and <laughs> I think Trump's better than Hillary. I don't know. I, I have I have not a clue. How to, I have no way to read that. But I I will say this about um, designated survivor. Um, it was heavily touted in the beginning, and now I don't really hear that much about it. Um, Dow, is this going to survive to a season two or what? What's well, happening with the, this thing? From the sounds of it, ABC's all in with Designated Survivor. So I, I, I did not hear they changed their mind on it. They were talking in November about how they already wanted to re-up it for next season, but I didn't hear news of that coming down. So. But right now, ABC's walking the middle line. It's not, it's not unlike how CBS did with, um, what is it, Madam Secretary? In Madam Secretary's first year, they walked right the middle of the line with it, where you had CBS fans going, well, why is this on? But the studio was fully behind it and supporting it, but they didn't come out publicly saying it. So I could see it, I could see it being canceled, I could see it being re-upped. You know, because it'll, it'll, well, in my opinion, it'll take another season for people to really get used to it, to, to downplay their expectations of Kiefer Sutherland, and I think for people to really latch on to the show. But but now it the, is the, it, it is one of those shows that you have to see to form an opinion. And one of the things I said about 2016 is a lot of people formed opinions about stuff without seeing it. And we got to stop that. We got to stop. It. If you're going to weigh in on something, watch it, read it. And sir, once again, thank you for your opinion, man. Okay, take it easy. You too. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Uh, Mary, happy New Year. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's go. Let's go to a quick Herbalt groove when we get back. I want to talk a bit more about. Uh, I see. I see our Wonder Woman has has arrived. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Rogue One. Its implications, and I have to agree with with our friend Paul. That I, I'm I'm more of a Star Trek person that people most mostly know, but uh, this Star Wars, that particular Star Wars, I would say it's the best Star Wars I've ever seen, and it had more um, more science fiction elements fused with with fantasy. So I'll talk more about it. We'll get into it. Uh, let's get into some new music, of course. This is Massive Attack. And Ezekiel, Ritual Spirit, more UK grooves. We'll be right back. Let's groove.
right, pulling out the phaser once a game, massive attack, Ezekiel, ritual spirit, ritual spirit. As you may have guessed, I've got the mics working, hopefully they're working. Uh, this is a special New Year's Eve edition of the Grindhouse, uh, featuring Paul Louise Julie, our friend of the pack, and Johansi, uh, giving us that Afrofuturism. Um, also, of course, we have our full code discussions in effect. We have Claire Lene. Let me get her. Let me get her. Uh, her music. This that's very important to the machinery is the Queen's music. All right. There we go. Let's get to it. She's our left coast correspondent. She's a necessary aspect of the machinery. We could not do it without her her uh, knowledge and her presence, her passion. This is Claire Lene. Claire. Here I am. How are you? Happy New Year. I wish you could see me right now. I'm bobbing my head. I'm I'm doing a twirl. I'm doing the hustle right now. I'm doing the hustle. <laughs> we need that. We need that. How are you? <laughs> you sound very, very lively, my dear. Let me bring in the rest of uh, the crew, including Mr. Jalee. Okay. okay bring the, the whole thing. Yeah, we're all here. Okay, terrific. And of course, your doppelganger. What I miss? What I miss? We're just, you know, we're just running down. Let's 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 give you the mic, Claire. We're just running down 2016, the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, what we might think of 2017. Uh, we spoke a little bit about Rogue One. I was going to go more into Rogue One. Uh, I believe you did see Rogue One. I saw Assassin's Creed last week. I'll talk about that reluctantly. Uh, <laughs> so, what, what are your thoughts about the year in general? Nerds of color, blurdom, nerdom, whatever you want to talk about. Just your your impressions of how it went down. You know, sadly, it went down kind of like I predicted, except for except for the Brexit and our presidential election. Things pretty much played out. As I anticipated, and I think I, I think I mentioned this pretty early on in the year when I first uh, when I first joined the show. I was definitely noticing an ongoing pattern, theme in in the media, in you know major major stuff that's going on in our lives, um, and just in in a lot of the stories that are being told right now. You know, and so what I was what I was saying, you know, very early on in the year, I think I think I mentioned this probably in in March or something. You know, um, whether it was Hillary versus Trump, or you know, Apple versus the FBI, Cap versus Iron Man, Batman versus Superman. You know the 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 rebel alliance versus <laughs> the uh, the imperial troop. I mean, I mean, there's a there's definitely a theme of division, and it's not it's not just Star Wars. It's not just comic books. I mean, let's just let's just face it. Culturally speaking, a line was drawn 
you know, in this country, you know, throughout the world. And it's just it's just really interesting. It's just really interesting because because uh, uh, even even with social media, I kind of had to I had to put an embargo on it for a while because you know yeah you might get a little bit impassioned or heated with how you view you know Marvel versus DC or or you know liberals versus conservatives or whatever the hell Trump is um you know i just it it gets to be it just gets to be too much and there are some folks that i'm like I'm 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 gonna say I was surprised. Like some folks in my uh, my quote unquote friends circle, you know, that sometimes they'd be running their mouths about, you know, the politics that they, you know, at least from their perception, and you can't help but feel like, oh my God, I did not know you felt that way. I thought you were cool. <laughs> I thought we were cool. I thought we could, you know, we saw eye to eye. And now that you're saying all these things and you're supporting someone who is a racist and a sexist and a lunatic and incompetent, you're you're saying these things. I'm. Who are you? Who are you? How can we be friends if you feel this way? I swear, we were all going through our own civil war. We were all. People that you thought you knew, you thought you were cool with, and then suddenly things are revealed because of what's happening in the world, what's happening in our country. And it just, it's like, wow, that's, huh. So that's how you you see things. That's interesting. And all of a sudden you're like clicking the uh, the unfriend, the unfollow list. <laughs> The block button, you know. I mean, it's it's just it's been such a wild and crazy year, but but like I said several months ago, I kind of saw this coming because it's just an ongoing, you know, permeating theme throughout all of our culture and all of our you know movies. It's I don't I, I don't know I don't know. It's been such a crazy year. It's been such a sad year. I'm gonna tell you straight up. I was, I was very sullen, okay, sullen. George Michael, Carrie Fisher. Are you kidding me? Come on, come on. You couldn't let us end the year with a little bit of a reprieve, Grim Reaper. Come on. I told you he was going working overtime, working overtime, but. Wow, that was just a one, two, three punch in the gut. I was just, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I don't know. It's it's been a it's been a crazy year. It's been a very sad year. Well, I, I gotta say this. I want to I want to pass this around, pass the mic around a little bit with uh, with Trump. And I I mentioned this really after the election. Um, one thing I thought was pretty clear about 2016 that. For the most part, and Claire understands this intimately, as do all of us, but for the, for the most part, uh, people of color were starting to get a little bit more movement when it came down to, at, at the very least, um, culture, nerd culture. We started to see more faces of color. Unfortunately, Asian folk notwithstanding. Although we can make the argument that 
um, you, you, we're seeing more pre- more Asian presence presence on TV, but there's more work to be done. A lot more work to be done. But overall, overall, it's it's a topic that was definitely um, very prominent in 2016. Oscar Oscar's so white, uh, Black Lives Matter, um, all these all these these factions started to show themselves in pop culture. So what I'm at, what I what I want to do around uh, as far as passing the mic around, let's go let's go to the captain. Cap, what what are your thoughts about? Just kind of reiterating this, but what are your thoughts about Trump and his effect on pop culture? Because I think that we, for, for the movement that we've made in 2016, I have, uh, like Claire said, I'm somewhat solemn about what 2017 could be based on how this civil war, there is a cultural civil war going on right now, and all those gains that we made up to 2016, I have a fear we may go back to 1950. Make make America great again. Is that what he says? Trump's America now, boy. Now it's gonna take a little time. <laughs> Thank it's you for calling me, little... boy. Thank you for calling me, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how they say it. When Dave Chappelle said it, that's how he said it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's gonna take a little time to go back to the 1950s, even as far as the product is concerned. As I as I said before. It's not so much in the four years, you know, pertaining to product. I said this before on the show. It's if he wins again, that's when you're going to see a lot of changes as far as product. A lot of product already green lit. They're just going to do trash it, you know. A lot of that has to come out. Maybe some of it they could put on the shelf, but a lot of that still has to come out. So that's in my opinion. If he wins the next election, then we'll have problems. We'll, We'll see a lot of radical changes. There may be some changes, because a lot of times, it's not so much the guy at the top of the situation. Yeah, he might be very tribal in his decision-making. He might be very racist, you know, at times. But it's a lot of those individuals in middle management, you know. Those are the MFs you got to watch, <laughs> you know. It's the middle management guys. Those are the ones. So I think it'll take a little bit of time. Then those individuals that feel that way towards people of color, you'll start to see some things, you know, not going that way. You, you might start to see uh, a little less of the flavorful type product. But you still have to give it time. still have to give it time, you know. You still have to give it time. But I can understand people's fear because the president is the prime observer. And that's why people look to con- control the president. When, they stick, when the president sticks out his hand, things happen. He can make things move right away. Go to war, not go to war. Put this in the play, develop housing, you know, more school, more this, more police, you know, and those type of things set up for him. He makes things move, not just the United States, across the world. So I definitely can understand that fear, but still at the same time, you somewhat have to see, all right? You, you still have to somewhat see, you know, because within the country, it seems like you have two sides, you know, the multicultural, <laughs> and you have the other side. You know, which is just as laughable from my standpoint, you know. Make America great again. Trump's America now, boy. <laughs> so that's all I have to say about it, Afroner. Back to you. All right. Paul, what are your thoughts about, without really going into so much about, about Donald Trump, um, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think about what, what the culture 
what he brings to the culture and what it, and what it might mean for all of us on the, in, in this chat, in this, in this radio show of diverse backgrounds and what we want to see. You know, we're talking about Black Panther and, and the implications of a Black Panther. Uh, we want to see Asian representation, whitewashing. All that stuff also was mixed up in 2016. Now that Trump is in the, is in the White House, it seems like uh, they can double down on whitewashing, if that's even possible. So what are your thoughts about what might happen with his presidency going forward, pop culturally? Well, you know, that's, that's a very – it's an interesting question. And, and had you asked me that, um, you know, like during the final month of the election, I probably would have had a very different uh, outlook and response to that. But after a few months of, uh, of uh, just – reflection and, 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 and taking a step back and looking at the whole machine uh, objectively, I, 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 learned, I learned a few things. And, uh, it, well, more importantly, I had to remind myself of a few things. And I, before, I, before I get into that, uh, when Dave Chappelle did his skit on SNL, it, it, when he, 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 uh, he did his whole appearance on SNL, which, I mean, we're all really thrilled to see him come back because Dave isn't just one of the funniest comedians of all time, the guy's really, really smart, and he gets you thinking on certain things, and he has a way of packaging truth and, uh, to, 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 to idiots in, in ways that, that they, they usually wouldn't uh, usually come across uh, because of their ignorance. And there's one skit that I didn't find so much funny as enlightening, which was the, 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 the one skit where, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys know what I'm talking about, where uh, they were watching the, the – they had him and Chris Rock, and they're they're at their their white friend's house, and they're watching elections, and these white people are seeing how Trump election is winning, night. and they're just yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just right. they're yeah they're, they're they're losing their stuff, and they're they're uh, you know they're really shocked what's going on, and you, you have Dave and Chris, they're just kind of looking at each other like like you guys are shocked by this, like wow this is so so shocking, and I think the thing that that most people need to understand, even the black community, remind ourselves too, nothing's really going to change for us. Now, that may be a good thing. That may be a bad thing. We just have another racist jerk in office. The only difference is that this time he has the IQ of a three-year-old, and, 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 and he's more capable, and he's more likely to start a Twitter rant after he pissed off China rather than actually uh, try to solve uh, um, uh, gun violence or, 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 or police brutality. But now, so the danger with Trump is more so in the people he's choosing for cabinet rather than the culture that he brought with him because the culture that put him in office has always been there. So that said, having him in office isn't really going to change that much because the only difference now is that the cancer has been infecting this country since its birth uh, now has a, a visible tumor as, uh, as, as, the, as the chief of state. That's the, that's the, only, uh, that's the only difference I would say putting, uh, as, as having Trump in there. As far as pop culture is concerned, uh, tying right into that, I don't think that we're going to see a, a significant change. Now, here's the thing. That's a double-edged sword. I don't think that things are going to get necessarily worse than they are right now, but the truth of the matter is things are actually pretty bad as they are. So that's not really anything to celebrate for, but at the same time, it's, it's good to keep it realistic. But now, my point of view on that as an indie black creator and mean and and the fact that I know a few other colleagues that are that, that are alongside uh, me in this, and we're we're doing we we have our own plans, uh, big big plans for 2017. We particularly have uh, the Midas Winky Expo that's coming out in, in February 27, uh, 2017, and that's going to uh, and I have 
all sorts of things that's going to just just rock people that they haven't even, they haven't even uh, been expecting. And if you don't feel the people that have several plans for 2017, the indie black entertainment scene and just indie. Uh, um, well, the reason I'm saying black because the, the, we, of course they have other backgrounds that are doing their thing, but as far as Asian Americans, I will give it to them that they're they're taking the fight to the big guys. They're they're actually putting themselves in Hollywood right now, and and I I, I really admire what they what they're doing right now because it isn't really a, a demographic that you that you think about because because again when the racist Jim Crow kind of think we think Asian just from Asia, but we keep but we keep forgetting there's a whole a whole a whole demographic in America that that have their own identity. And they've been severely under underrepresented and misrepresented in, uh, in in American culture. They're starting to reshape that, and I really admire how they're taking the bull by the horns, so to speak, and 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 uh, and, and and changing things. For for black people, we have a different approach, and uh, which I'm a part of and I admire it too. Is that we're doing it in more of an indie scene. I think that's why black people need to pay attention to what to the creators are that are popping up in the indie scene because. Uh, we have a lot of stuff planned for you guys, and if we keep looking for for Hollywood to represent us properly or for TV to to represent us properly, um, then you're you're you're, um, you're going to miss the party because um, that, that that's not where the revolution is happening, so to speak. It, it's not it's not ha- it really has a whole new a whole new meaning to the the phrase the revolution will not be televised because it, it, it actually is not being televised. The, the, I, I, I we enjoy a few. TV shows and movies every now and then, but um, that's not where I'm looking to be represented because because uh, me and a few other guys we're doing we're, we're going on our own way and make our own Hollywood, make our own thing. I think that's the best way to level the playing field, and I think that that's the best way to look at what's going on and to not be discouraged, but to realize that that their their whole modus operandi has been this for the past hundred years. They're not going to change. Oh, doesn't change its stripes. So they're going to keep acting this way until they they, they destroy themselves into oblivion. Um, and we ha- and we have to continue our course of evolution, uh, unswayed by what's going on, and to make sure that we that we stay focused on what's going on. So that's my take on on the the, the uh, Trump effect, so to speak. We have some uh, well said. We have callers on the line, um, folks. If you'd like to join in on our on our discourse, remember to press one. Press one. That way, it's a virtual uh, raising of the hand. That way, we know that you want to listen to us as well as join in on the conversation. Folks, this is The Grindhouse. We have Paul Louise, Julie on, in effect, uh, my, my partners in White Collar Crime, Left Coast correspondent Claire Linnae, of course, the young Kenny Darrell B., and Captain Kirk. Uh, let's go to our friend. I think this is Q Storm. There's a number of 484s out here. Q, is that you? It's me. Happy yes. New Year, sir. Same to you. You know, uh, real quick, I wanna, uh, I wanna, not really disagree or, or challenge a couple of things that the that the the guest just brought up. But before I do that, I wanted to say, uh, you know, we're all. I keep seeing on Facebook this meme of, uh, boy, we can't wait for 2016 to end. I just have a feeling once we get into 2017, post January 20th, we're going to be begging. For 2016. Okay, but anyway, having said that, <laughs> that two two quick things, and then I want to just give you my my thoughts on 2016. That sure. SNL skit with Chris Rock and uh, Dave Chappelle. You know, I'm not right. really. It was a funny skit, but I don't buy into the fact that black folks were weren't surprised by that. I, I really, unless I see some stats, 
I'm not buying into that. I think we were all, I think a lot of black folks were surprised that America was willing to get down like that. I, I really do think that. Not an afternoon radio. Not an afternoon radio. Yeah. I put myself, I put myself squarely in the camp of the white folks who were like, now I wasn't as naive as they were. I knew possibly two, once Maine went, fell, was it Maine and then Ohio, I knew, okay, we were done. Uh, but uh, Trump was, Cap called this though. Cap called The majority it. of black people didn't vote, though. That, that, that's probably a hard time seeing your point of view. Like, uh, they, they can't be shocked if, if, they, if, they, if they didn't vote. I mean, they, they figured the outcome was going to be this way, and that's why they had, didn't come out and vote. What I've read was that, uh, well, particularly black women came out in droves and vote, voted. Yeah, that's black true. women, yeah, were, it, it, black it wasn't, women it wasn't held us down on that. Black women did hold us down on that. The thing we didn't anticipate was how white women who talk all the time, all the time about equality, getting respect, being more than sexual objects, would vote for somebody who publicly <laughs> treated them as sexual objects. I've seen, I've seen photos on Facebook. Where I saw one photo of a woman who had a shirt that said, white people. A woman had a shirt on that said "Trump can grab my," and it was an arrow pointing down to her crotch. So yep. that doesn't surprise me. But the other thing I was going to say: <laughs> the, the pee is the free, guest, baby. The pee is free. Go ahead. The guest said that things won't change for us. I want to challenge that as well. I think, and I'm not, according I'm not Trump, arguing, but Trump, I think that Trump, <laughs> I think that's the ahead, same mentality. What's that? No, I said according to Trump. Not my opinion, but that's what was. That's the uh, what. How that went down. White women, pretty much co-signed. If you if you voted for Trump, after that, with with you know women hear me roar. Uh, no, you agreed that what what Trump said that because he's a billionaire they let me grab the pee, and you you co-signed on that. That means oh yeah, that's true. I don't believe it, but they believe it. They co-signed that. Well, and, hypocrisy. And, and again, I, you know, stats can be skewed, but my understanding was that it was mostly white, low-educated women that came out. That, that was the demographic of women that came out to vote for him. And as we know, Trump said, he, he pretty much said, I love low-educated voters. Um, so to the, to, the, to, the, to the mantra that things are not going to change for us, I'm not buying that either. I think that's the same mentality that got Democrats complacent and uh, allowed Trump to get into the White House. Things are not going to change in terms of racism as a whole in our society, but they've already changed because these racists now <clears throat> are emboldened. That's the difference. That's, it's already changed. I'm 50 years old. I'll be 51 next year. I have never. There was one week where I saw three reports, and individual reports, where white people were outwardly Outwardly harassing people of color, one crazy woman at a what a, a Michaels, another crazy white woman at a Target, and some white guy approached some black guy in the car talking about his Trump's world. The fool, a, a fool, got on an airplane and decided to give a political speech about Trump, baby. I, I didn't hear that stuff before. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a key thing you're, you're missing weeks. out of that though. There's a, key, there's a key element that you're missing in that one because 
uh, when I first saw the, those the, those reports, I mean, I was shocked, shocked too, and I was starting to get depressed. But then I started paying close attention to them. Now, yes, these are cowards. These are punks that are starting this up, but they're mainly targeting people they know who are civil and are not going to attack them, though. If you notice, this is not the 1960s again where they're going to black neighborhoods and just doing whatever they want because because black people fear them. You have a whole new generation of black people now. that uh, you, you can't – it's not a generation you can unleash dogs on because they got dogs. They got bigger dogs than you do. I mean, you have, you have many black people now who are, who are – uh, not, not only are they physically and, and, and milita- militarily uh, capable of defending themselves, but you also have a whole legion of, of educated black people who, who are not going to let this happen. So I'm not denying that you have racists that are emboldened, but the landscape is very different, too. That's one thing to keep in mind. It's not like it was 60 years ago where um, the, the scales really were tipped. It's much more. It, it, yeah, it could get very heated. That's for sure. But they, they they can't they can't have their own reign of terror like they want. It's just not going to happen. You, 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 I, I hear what you're saying, sir, and I, I don't disagree with you. But the problem is, and and Deeper said it. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. He said it Wednesday. I was listening to the Wednesday show before I hopped on this show. Mm-hmm. The problem is, <clears throat> you're saying that. It's a different world now in terms of what I intimated, what you were saying was that in terms of people of color, it's a different world. They Mm -hmm. can't stick the dogs on us anymore. You know what? We're sticking dogs on ourselves. We got these young fools in these malls. One of those fights happened. I was in Indianapolis. One of the fights happened uh, not two miles from my parents' house in a supposedly upscale, wealthy area. You got these fools out here. In Mar- we, we, let me let me calm down. We <laughs> have to get our s together. Otherwise, what you're saying to me that it's a different world? No, it's going to get worse because we can't get our own sh- together. So I, you know, I'm not having I'm not having this. Things aren't changing, and it's a different world. Yeah, it has to be a different world, but we're not there yet, man. We are not there. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I never said that, that we crossed the mountain yet. I'm just saying that um, for good or for bad, you're dealing with a very different demographic. So, so for the isolated issue that you were talking about as far as violence increasing towards people of color, and I hate to break it to you, but violence towards people of color has been increasing over the past uh, 25 years. It hasn't really changed. You go back 25, 30 years, there's always been violence towards black people. The only difference is that now, recently with the smartphone uh, bubble exploding. We, we, we've been able to record it more, so it's been saturating the news. And still, thank God for that. But that's the only reason why it seems, from the social media e- like ethosphere that we're in, that that uh, that that, uh, that racial violence is on the rise. In reality, we we're, we we've only just brought it into the spotlight. That's all. That's the only thing that's happening. So that said, um, that well, you know, that, yeah, I, that I, itself I, you, has not really you, changed, though. But 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 but, you, but we but, but but as far as far as as far as defending ourselves, I'm just talking like physically or violently. I mean, just e- even on on a legislative level and, and on a political level, we are much more equipped than we were 40 years ago. However, I've been the first person to say too that we have a long way to go, and there are many things. There's a, there's a there's a, there are many blocks of ignorance that are still within our community that we do have to deal with. And I'm the last person to purse words when it comes to that, to the point where it's drawing me a lot of ire within the community itself. But at the same time, I, I, like, to be, I like to be realistic and realize that we're, we're the, it's not a landslide um, as, 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 as we might buy into. 
I'm 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 not I'm 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 not a fear monger. At the same time, I'm not I'm not trying to to soften things and make everything still like like we have pink goggles. I'm just being a realist that the landscape is is a little more uneven than we thought. All right. Well, you know, I can I, I can respect that. You make a good point about it's probably always been there. Just with social media, we, we're seeing it more exposed. So I, I can respect that. But real quick, I, I will say I just want to say two things. I'll surrender the floor uh, to the point of things not changing for us. You know what? Q, Q, Q Storm is going to change. Q Storm is going to the shooting range Monday, 11 o'clock. And after I get my license, Q Storm is going to be strapped. Q Storm is not going to wait for Negan to come to my door. <laughs> you hear me? Oh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm going with Negan right listen, away. Listen, listen. <laughs> I can't. I, I hate guns. I can't stand you. You guys know me. You guys know me six years now. You guys know me six years now, right? Okay. You know, I be, I've always believed in the Second Amendment, but I believe in smart, common-sense gun laws. I hate gun laws. I'm going to be buying a gun this year or next year, straight up. Okay. Now, in ter- wait, 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 let, me, let me just say, let me just I, say I, this. I want to hear from Dow. I want to hear from Dow, man. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, listen, you know what joke's coming. You know what I know, I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> I got to say it. I got an affect. I got an affect. Yes. Sir, okay, I appreciate that you're getting some kind of weaponry to deal with these miscreants out here, but but your fear of Nagin versus Nagar <laughs> disturbs me. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. There we go. <laughs> I didn't put a racial component to Negan. Negan, well, hey, what, what do the people in, no. what do they say? We, no, no, no. What do they say on what, they say we are Negan. Who are you? We are Negan. Who are you, brother man? We are Negan. I never said Negan was a white man. I didn't tell we you. We are Negan. You're not getting my joke. What I'm saying is, you need to have. You should have gotten that gun a long time ago. Oh, okay. Negan, all right. All right. Negan is not the only N-word you have to be in fear of out here, buddy. I hear. I hear you. I hear. So, so what I'm saying is. Well, I'm saying this, you can you can you can get you can catch it from anywhere right now. This is this is the Walking Dead. So you you of all people, and I feel the same way. And I've spoken to uh, the captain's predecessor, Iron Man, aka Mr. Starks, and we have you know if you are a, a, a intelligent person of color, tax paying, minding your own business, it's not just the the crazy white people. It's it's white people and everybody else, including including crazy black people. You your bullets could be coming from any direction, and it's been that way for for a long time. What happened in in Aurora, Colorado, or in, or in Connecticut, um, Sandy Hook, Connecticut. I mean, it is it could be anybody, anyone. This is that we're talking about. We're talking about literally a type of a type of of, of Post-apocalyptic kind of thing going on. So why now? You're, the white man called you, you know, showed you his true colors. The the specific white uh, white people. Not well, I, I can answer that question. I'll tell you this. Like like your guest said, I and I I uh, exceeded or what's the word? Uh, I uh, acquiesced that maybe I'm seeing more of it now because of social media. But I tell you what, I got to think that if neo Nazis had held a rally mere yards from the White House, like they did on November 9th, whenever that was, 
I would have seen more of that reported in the papers, in the traditional media. I have not. When I saw Nazis raising their hands, sick Kyle, I saw this, this guy who's being normalized, uh, Richard Spencer, who's being normalized, speaking very coherently, very, very intelligently, until he went off the rails in that interview that you posted. When I saw arms going up saying, Sig Heil, hail, our, hail Trump, I was oh, you know what? This thing about the Second Amendment that I've been toying with in my mind, nah. That's go- Order 66. That's what that is. <laughs> so I've never seen that before. I want to say real quick, 2016, my take on 2016, despite all the celebrity deaths and everything that were terrible, it was the death of civility, the death of facts, where facts cease to matter. As a matter of fact, Trump used that as a strategy. CNN, when they were talking about how will Hillary Clinton prepare for the debate, well, it'll be tougher because Trump has positioned himself in so many different, taking so many different positions. Translation: He lies. He's taking so many different positions. She won't be sure which one, which Trump she needs to prepare for. So lying is now a strategy. Kellyanne Conway is the biggest liar on this planet, next to Trump. So I think that is what the takeaway for me from 2016 has been. This is a new era. Facts and journalism are dead. Uh, Daryl, we give you the floor. What are your thoughts, your impressions? And try to try to spin it with a pop culture deal. Also. Well, Let's get I'll, pop culture. I'll spin. I'll spin it this way. I'm still marksman qualified. I'm I'm 39 out of 40 off of my last uh, rifle test. So I, I, I'm pretty good on that one. I may not own a gun, but if someone's coming at me and they lose theirs, they ain't walking away. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, folks, you forget, I'm ex-military. So just to let you guys know that, uh, it, it, as far as this goes with Trump in the office, it may be a great thing. It may be a wonderful thing. Why? Because often... When a regime is in office or in power, that inflames the creativity of those that can put out books, of those that can put out film, because they know I can't speak out any other way as, as succinctly and as beautiful as I can do in, on paper, in film, in music. Maybe, maybe with this happening... We get a better quality all around of the arts. But, but that being said, I see some of the stuff that's out on the mainstream, and I don't want that coming back again. <laughs> I don't want some of that stuff I saw on the mainstream. Hell, I, I said on a blog that's going to be posted this week, I said the De La Soul album was the best album last year. All right, The best album I heard last year was De La Soul. How much radio airtime did it get? Zip. Right? Yo, Tribe. Tribe had that great album. Came out. The, we referenced the, the Chappelle, the SNL show. They rocked it. That was beautiful. How much radio airtime did they get outside of the week after the Chappelle thing came out? Zero. We're, the problem well, well, is we well, could well, be creative. As far as Tribe, they did get a lot of press on, on Spotify. And, no, and no, I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking mainstream radio. I, I know Spotify. Spotify, Spotify has all of this. Apple Music has all of this. That's beautiful. I'm talking about the uh, on the mainstream, just just mainstream. Because the problem is a lot of the idiots that went Trump's way, 
uh, uh, white, black, Latino, Asian, a lot of the idiots that uh, are the same idiots that are listening to the, the garbage that's out there and aren't being enlightened. See, the problem is the enlightened arts aren't getting to these people. They, don't, they can't raise themselves from the moral and social morass like we have. We may not agree on certain issues, but we all, all don't just stay in a bubble. If we're going to comment, we're going to know all the facts. If we're going to comment or like or hate, we're going to be damn well sure of why we like or hate something. You know, these people, and again, like I said, I'm not saying any color here. I'd say there's morons of every race. There's morons of every gender. There's morons of every sexual persuasion. <laughs> Go like, you did this. <laughs> now you have to live with it. And the best part of all of this is going to be those very same morons. When this dude lies to you, you're going to come back to us. I didn't think it would go down this way. Wait, why don't you answer? You have me. Why would you have me blocked? Wait, wait. I didn't think this would go down this way. Wait, why aren't you picking up your phone to talk to me? And you're going to find yourself in a place where you took the wrong path. And now figure it out yourselves. Because we, we got to try to protect our own. Sorry. Can I, can I say Can I say one thing? I don't know. I'm sure, yeah, sure. you guys are you guys are cinephiles. You, I don't know if any of you have seen the movie Manhattan, one of Woody Allen's best movies. Um, Woody Allen, I know. And yeah, there's a there's a scene where he he's in a one of his Tony little parties with writers and uh, the the elite, <clears throat> and he says, uh, "Did you guys hear that um, Nazis are going to be marching in Jersey City this weekend? We ought to go down there and take some bats and bricks and take care of those guys." And one of the guys says, uh, well, so-and-so wrote a very devastatingly satirical piece in the Times. And Woody says, uh, yeah, satirical piece is one thing. I think bricks and bats will be more effective. I'm on that piece right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, 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 me, uh, let me say this quickly. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of on, on when I kind of, I'm fully in the Paul Louise Jolie camp of having more independent thought, independent thinking, having some degree of agency. Uh, I'm not really so concerned or shocked. Uh, and I do liken, liken many, many people of color, not all, but many having the same thoughts that, that he mentioned, uh, Mr. Louise mentioned, and, uh, in, that, in that SNL sketch. When I saw the sketch, I was like, oh, wow, that's dead on. That I, I, I think we, we, we're, we're so fully, I should say, I can't speak for millennial, millennial pe- people of color, but if you're not quite a millennial and you, you've been around for a minute and you've been able to, or your parents taught you well, because you have millennials that were taught well by parents, that w- when you see this stuff up close, it's not really shocking what you should be getting into is a more uh, contemplative mode. You need to be thinking. You need to be pensive. You need to be planning. Hell, all of us on this, on this uh, panel are, are, are nerds. You've read enough comic books. Batman, uh, Black Panther, as comical as that may sound, it does teach you a lesson of planning. If you plan to fail, you fail to plan. So it really is about not really kowtowing. I mean, wait, listen, I don't believe, maybe I have a certain level of arrogance. Like maybe he comes through the mic. I don't believe these, these white people. So, I mean, I don't believe that they, 
that, that they believe how can I put this? They believe in superior in their in their superiority. I don't believe in their superiority. So it's not it's not it doesn't really affect me like that. Unfortunately, we have some folks of color that that they believe in white superiority. That is what is a problem. I'm mm. not going. I, I don't really believe. Can, in a whole can, bunch can I say something there? Well, let me finish my point. No, 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 no. I don't. Oh, sorry. Just one moment. I don't really. I don't believe. I don't believe in wasting a whole bunch of time. Because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of radio shows. Many of them um, are, are helmed by people of color, and many of them, not all, many of them are crying. Lamenting, they're asking for for social uh, for psychological analysis on the white male mind. Like, why are they doing this to us? What's going on? I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm not going to ask a white racist why he's racist. Why don't you love me? I mean, get out of here. I mean, it's ridiculous. But there's a, there's an element of that. There's an element of that with some some of our people because we we believe in well. Why don't you see our humanity? Well, they're not. They've never seen your humanity. They've never seen humanity. I mean, when I when I speak to Claire and we speak about whitewashing, and you know, black folks are very familiar with with, with whitewashing. Uh, that's our experience in the Americas: whitewashing, black facing. We've seen it all. We we have we write we have we have and we continue to write dissertations on uh, white psychoanalysis, white psychoanalyses. That has to stop. I'm not doing that for the progressive white people. That are in our camp, you, the door is open for you, and they are and I didn't talk, not even talking about progressive like politically. Just just being hum, having you having uh, uh, being humane, and and knowing what time it is, knowing what facts are. I don't care. I don't. I don't care about your your ethnicity or your color. That doesn't mean anything to me. Come on in. But if you talk that ish, you stay outside. <laughs> you 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 know go have your recess like a child because that's how I look at you. You're a child. You have your recess, and I'm going to be over here with Mr. L- Mr. Julie. We're going to put these things together. We're going to be more independent-minded. We're going to do what we have to do. We have to create an infrastructure. And I've been saying that since the inception of this show, that we cannot continue to, to hope and pray that they will become enlightened and that they will, they will do what's right and they will admit to certain facts. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do it. So they're not going to do it. You have to do what you have to do. So I'm, I'm on the more independent mind thing. And one last thing, and I want, I want Paul to, to, to chime in. Uh, Daryl is correct because these, minstrel, these minstrels and apologists are a problem. When I, I saw a picture of uh, Troy Ave, Troy Ave, the rap artist, who was recently shot twice. Again, he survived it. again, again. Well, may, maybe, maybe that's part of his performance. <laughs> I can't, you know, that's what it is. It comes off that way. Maybe it's part well, of. It does have maybe more I don't credit, it, I guess. So. Well, listen. There's a picture of Troy Troy Ave in the hospital. He's laid up. His friend Fifty Cent comes by, and you see a picture of Fifty Cent pointing his fingers like a gun at the camera. I said, I said, you know what? We don't need that. See, people who and people who have to divest in that minstrelsy. I want to invest in the Luke Cages, the Black Panthers, the Pax, the Johanses. I don't. I want to. Di- I would divest, and, because th- these people are actually a problem. They're as problematic as the goose steppers in Jersey. 
from from that that uh, the Q storm was referencing in Manhattan. The goose steppers are here, but for some reason, we we need people who are more more forward thinking and creators and non minstrels. The minstrels are on the are on the side of the goose steppers. They are a problem, certainly. Mm. Paul, your thoughts. Well, um, that was very well said, and um, I got to let you finish your thought there. But it was just uh, I wanted to tag on to something that you you'd mentioned uh, in, in reference to the whole climate and the way things are going. Um, it, it's interesting because, as I mentioned before, I didn't have this point of view uh, during the month of the election, like leading up to it. I was actually just as shocked as everyone else. Um, and and uh, and and I was I was because uh, the I have an interesting perspective because I'm not I'm not fully American. I'm, I have three passports. I'm British and French as well. So spending time growing overseas uh, and in America, you kind of have a a, 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 a I, I can't be fully subjective because because I, I, I've seen things from the outside. I've seen different climates. And yes, racism exists all around the world. We see different types of different incarnations of racism. And if you have a different different point of view on on the the the, the institution of racism and segregation in America, and, and just like the history of violence in America in general, and it, it's interesting. So coming from that background, I was absolutely shocked. And knowing and, and me like by, by my by, by, by my by, by my background, whenever uh, something gets to uh, because I, I, I have so much that, 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 that I have to, have to take care of, so, so much that, I, that I'm doing, so much that I'm building, uh, I just don't feel like a, like I have the time or the energy to deal with any of this, this nonsense that's going around there. It's, just, it's, it's been going on for so long. I don't feel like, like wasting all my energy trying to fight that when, when I have something quite revolutionary that, that I'm in the process of building. I just don't have time for that stuff. So I, so, so what I wanted to do was to do was go in, was uh, was to fall, walk in the footsteps of my great hero W. B. Du Bois, and to to uh, and to, to, to just realize that you know it's a lost cause, get up and leave. And I wanted to go ahead and do that, but then again, after looking more at what W. B. Du Bois did, he didn't. His first his first reaction wasn't to just get up and go to Africa. He had a whole life before that where he was trying to reform things realistically in this country and that and, and then i realized but when he's just packing up and going back to france or going hello? Uh, 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 or hello yeah still here yeah we good oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, 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 going uh, uh just pack up and leaving uh, I you guys hear me that, yeah, yep, yeah we, we hear you Des. okay all I, right all right I, I hear both of you go oh, ahead finish right. your okay, point somehow. paul no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, and, and, and I realized that just pack up and leaving, like like many people, many people were. I mean, it was funny. Many people were looking. I was looking to New Zealand, and you know, up they were looking to Canada because they said, no, we're just not dealing with this stuff because we felt that you know that we're just we're going back 50 years. And then my wife reminded me of something. Now, it's interesting because my wife, who I I, I love I love so much, um, she is. Pure Black American, like when I pure, I mean like she, her, her whole family roots go deep into this country, uh, like all the way up North Carolina, and that's one thing that I always loved about her when I when I first got back to to America after living overseas, because I kind of grew up overseas. I came back to America in college, and I met her. One thing that really attracted me was was because I, I remember when I was in, in high school in France, and I was thinking, thinking, you know what? When I go back to America, I want an all American girlfriend. You know, I just want like the, the all American girl, and uh, it, so. so I got that, and I've always loved to ask her point of view on, on, on things because we, we, we have culture clashes at certain points. At certain points, we are both Americans. At certain points, you know, I'm, 
uh, a, a more foreign point of view, and she's she's usually all American. And she had a very interesting outlook on it. She said, Paul, you seem to forget that we're still a very young country. And I was like, well, Art, that's interesting. Like, like, well, could you elaborate on it? Like, well, what do you mean? And, and I said, well, um, most, of, most of the countries they've been around, you know, for, for some, some, some cases, like thousands of years and in different incarnations or in some cases for, for several hundred years, we've only been around for about 300 years. That's not excusing any of the nonsense that's been going on in this country since its inception, but that does not mean we have to give up on it. I mean, regardless of how we got here or how, or how our experience has been in this country, we've bled too much in this country. And she can talk from a space just like many African-Americans can because their ancestors' bones go deep into this country. You know, this country was built on, on, the, uh, on, the, uh, on, the, on their backs, you know, by their blood and tears. It was, it was built whether they liked it or not. So you can't just give up on that and, 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 and decide oh, it's a lost cause. You have to keep fighting for it. And it was, it's easier said than done, that's for sure. But I had to realize that as slow as the progress is happening, it is happening. So we can't be phased by everything that's going on. And this ties into the pop culture world, too, where we start to see things on TV or things, go, or things going back towards a whitewashed world. It's not going to stay that way. Just like by the natural course of Darwinism, it's just not going to stay that way. Because if we do take the Darwinism model, then you realize that mental illness does not uh, only goes so far before it uh, before it's eradicated in the next in, 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 in the next generation. Now it can actually persist for several generations, but it will eventually be eradicated because that is the natural course of, uh, of the natural order of things. And racism, segregate, segregation, this whole institution is a primitive. Uh, it's a primitive construct as that is a result of a mental illness and, and, and economic distortion of greed. It, it, it's a uh, it, it, it's, it's a sickness and disease that's been plaguing the world in general, but more specifically the Western Hemisphere, more specifically this country. So I think that we should just focus on the fact that we are a young country, that we should not give up on, on, on the tactics that we are using, because even if we may not feel it sometimes, it is working. It's just very slow, but it is working. That's, that's my point of view on that. All right, um, folks, this is the Grindhouse, if you haven't guessed it. This is our New Year's Eve edition going into 2017. Um, I think I want to pay, play one more Herbalt group because, I, hey, listen, this is a full, fully packed show, and I'd like to emphasize that we do not play some of the minstrel stuff, that there's other things going on. That's something that's very unsettling, and I think Daryl mentioned it and even Paul mentioned it, is that you know, there's so much content out here of a, of a different – perspective and when i use the term urban alternative i mean that's exactly what i mean urban alternative but there's there's this belief that trap music is the way to go i was listening to um one of the youtubers i can't recollect the cat's name and i like what he says he's, he's a young guy he, he has a very interesting th- look on things but then he and he even talked about how he thought uh rap music was very deleterious toward people of color specifically black people but then, he, but then he confessed that he likes trap music. He said he likes trap music, but he has no intention of becoming a trap star, a.k.a. a drug dealer or anything like that. But he, but he was raised in a certain way where he tried to make the connection of, well, if, if um, Sylvester Stallone plays Rambo or play, he kills 100 people, you know, that's equally as, 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 uh, as much of a role to play as it would be for someone like a, like a Chief Keith. And, I, and my, only, my only thing about that is, wait a minute. We see, we physically see Arnold Schwarzenegger or 
any of these action stars take off their war paint. And in their private downtimes, they're not shooting out 100, shooting off 100 people. They're not doing things in their personal on their personal time that that's that's anywhere connected, any way connected to to their characters. When it comes down to Troy Ab, if he talks about if he talks about um, violence in his music, you see, last week he was shot two times. Fifty Cent was shot nine times. So there's a blurring with with this so-called fantasy and music. I, I mean, I've never. I, I, it's ridiculous. So, but my only issue with these people and with a young cat like that is that wait a minute, man. Why why is it that you only listen to one kind of music? Or why is it why is trap the only thing going on with you? We emphasize uh, the, the British soul music that's going on right now. There's uh, the grime in UK. If you want to talk about grime, if you want to talk about just other kinds of music. They have Afropunk. We, we rep very hard on this show. Uh, uh, the Black Rock Coalition. We represent quite hard on this show. There's all kinds of blues resurgence, um, uh, revivalist revivalist soul music. Charles Bradley uh, and the late Sharon Jones. There's so much. There's a wealth of new music, and yet we're still forced to believe that trap music is the one-size-fits-all thing for black people. That It's offensive. And that's what we have to fight. I mean, we have to fight these crazy lunatics, the Trump supporters, as we do these minstrels and these single-minded people that you, that you would think would know better. I don't think they know it any better. <laughs> that's what that issue all right, folks. Listen, let's 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 get to a, let's go to a quick groove. Uh, this gentleman, speaking of a blurred, he is. I didn't really realize, and we can talk about this after the, after the break. I haven't really seen Game of Thrones. I mean, believe it or not, it, you would figure it's blasphemy, it's heresy for a blurred not to see Game of Thrones. But there are people of color in Game of Thrones. I'm, I'm, they don't talk about it that much to me. I, I was led to believe there really wasn't a lot. But there's a few. Daryl, can you attest to that? That is, there's a, a number of people of color. In there's Game a of few, Thrones? but the focus has always been on the more lighter shade. Let's put it that way. Mm, yeah, I have to agree on that. All right. Well, this is gentleman. He plays. Uh, what does he play? He play. Uh, what is it? Gray Worm. The Gray right. Worm. And he's also a singer. And he Rally Ritchie. Is his stage name. So I'm going to go to this groove. We'll be right back. We'll talk more about that. R- R- Raleigh Richie, pardon me. Raleigh Richie, stronger than ever. We'll be right back. Let's groove. Hate me when I'm gone. I'll make it worth your while when I'm successful. But when I'm here, I need your kindness because the time is always stressful. Clumsily gas myself by thinking I'll be better off alone I'll leave my peace and pieces all around the decent people back at home Cause I'm a big boy and I don't know well nearly If I pull the wall back from my eyes I can see clearly The world is at my feet and I am standing on the ceiling Whoa. And I fall, fall, fall when it all comes down And I won't be crushed by the weight of this town I fall from the sky but I won't fall forever I 
a stand for causes I don't understand and make a statement I fall short on knowledge I don't even watch the news Can't be asked with college is nothing but the human zoo Cause I'm a big boy and I don't know well nearly if I pull the wall back from my eyes, I can see clearly The world is at my feet and I am standing on the ceiling Whoa. And I fall, fall, fall when it all comes down And I won't be crushed by the weight of this town I fall from the sky, but I won't fall forever I fall, but when I rise, I'll be stronger than ever I believe that I can turn this ship around Destroy the status quo until I know I've found a common ground I'm not alone, I'm just focused in my zone This is easy I'm fine, I just need time to turn this into home I'm good, believe me Believe me when I say I'm gonna be big explosions Crack through thunderous mountain tops Exploding mines, volcanoes pop and blow I'm not alone, I'm not alone Who am I kidding? I'm sad, no ideas coming It's driving me mad and I'm frightened It's turning me bad, I'm loaded Rage is taking me over I just wanna be home with all my friends and family Mom and dad is closing in on me I need recovery, coming home I'm coming home and I need closure I need closure I'm a big boy and I don't know well nearly If I pull the wall back from my eyes I can see clearly The world is at my feet and I am standing on the ceiling Whoa. And I fall, fall, fall when it all comes down And I won't be crushed by the weight of this town I fall from the sky but I won't fall forever I fall but when I rise I'll be strong Stronger than ever, Jacob Anderson, back in full effect from Game of Thrones. Grey Worm from from Game of Thrones, man. So he's a multi-talented guy, and I'm under, from my understanding, he's the nephew of Paul Anderson from Peaky Blinders. Um, so there's a lot of uh, acting going on in his family. Anyway, this is the Grindhouse, folks, the New Year's Eve edition of Grindhouse. Let me open up the mics fully. Let me bring back, uh, let me bring back Q-Storm still. The uncanny Daryl B, our friend Paul, Louise Julie, Claire Lene, everybody's in the house. Um, you know what? Let me let me listen to let me speak to Claire for a minute. Claire, w- w- we didn't really get your opinion of of Rogue One. I think Rogue One is 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 I think what some of the Trump supporters have a problem with. We heard some white nationalists did not like uh, this. Which made it that much more casting. beautiful. They, they, they didn't like the multiracial ca- casting of Rogue One. And I'm looking at the box office. It's barely been here, and it's already up at $700 million. So a lot of people disagree with the white nationalists. So maybe there's hope for 
hope for mankind. What, what were your impressions of Rogue One? Maybe that might be the future, I hope, our future. Um, overall, overall, I, I will say I agree with a lot of um, the general you know, critiques saying that the first half of the movie, it's a little bit slow. It's a little, the pacing is a little, you know, uneven in terms of assembling the team. Um, I somewhat agree with that, you know, to to a certain extent, I, I guess. But I will say that overall, Rogue One is a far superior story compared to Force Awakens in terms of emotional depth. Um, it just, you know, in terms of the layers, in terms of the complexity, in terms of really, I mean, you have to understand, this movie has to work harder in order to secure its place in the Star Wars universe, because you don't have the luxury to fall back on, you know, including Han Solo and God rest her soul, you know, Princess or General Leia, or even, uh, you know, 25 seconds of Luke Skywalker. You don't have that to fall back on. These are completely different characters, aside from a, a CGI Tarkin. <laughs> um, it's just... They really, they really knocked out of the park in terms of finding all these beautiful ways, subtle and not so subtle, um, Easter eggs and just little little winks to the audience, you know, that, that clearly indicate we are very much part of this, this world, this universe. We are very much part of this timeline. So we're going to pull from all these references. Some the the hardcore fans are going to pick up on others, not so much, but it all adds to it. It all adds texture, you know, regardless of whether we're talking about blue milk, you know, or seeing Jimmy Smith's or just just seeing how beautifully, beautifully the ending lines up with episode four, A New Hope. So I will say that overall, I really enjoyed it. Um... It's it's just refreshing, you know. It's refreshing to actually see so much color <laughs> in the Star Wars universe because one of the reasons why, among other things, but one of the reasons why, like you, you know, Afro nerd, I'm more Team Trek than I am Team Wars. One of the reasons is because, you know, let's just face it, as much as we may revere the original trilogy and as innovative and in a, a game changer as it was in in cinema it looks a certain way right it looks a certain way so why should we be surprised that people are angry when they see John Boyega's face coming out of a stormtrooper helmet you know, why would we be surprised when people get mad? Oh, it's another it's another girl. A girl is the leader telling the story. And, you know, I mean, but here, I mean, it's 
I was I I was taken aback. I was taken aback. Of course, you want to live in a world. You want to live in a society in a time in which we are not so keenly aware of that. You know, I know for me personally, I don't take offense, but it does kind of irk me at times when someone describes me as, you know, the Asian girl. It's like, because to me, in my mind, I already have my own, you know, issues with all the connotations that's attached to what that means. But let's face it, we're not there yet. We're not there yet to where we can all be colorblind, to where we can all just be so accepting of the fact that there are other cultures, there are different types of skin and hair and eyes. And, you know, I mean, people are just not ready. They just can't seem to fathom. So we're not there. And on the reverse, you know, even as a, as a positive, to see it as a positive, we're not there yet either. I'm keenly aware when I see, you know, Forrest Whitaker, Diego Luna, Riz Ahmed, you know, Donnie Yen. I mean, it's, I'm keenly aware of the rainbow that they're going for here. And oftentimes, it's by design. Let's let's just be real. There's no real altruism here. It's specific. It's specifically assembled in such a way. But you know what? I'll take it. I will take it. I'll take that. If it means I have something to combat Ghost in the Shell, something to balance the Great Wall, something to quell my conflict with Doctor Strange. So even though I intellectually and logically know that it is a business move more than an altruistic one in terms of the, uh, the, the hope that we can be so much more representative and inclusive, even if it is a business move, it's very calculated, I'll take it. I'll take it just because I'm so sick and tired of all the whitewashing and yellow-facing. Yeah, I'm going to coin that phrase, yellow-facing, because it's one thing to, to, to just remove a character that was meant to be Asian. But it's another thing adding insult to injury when you hire a white person to literally pretend to be Asian, to wear the skin to wear the clothing, to, you know, imbibe on the culture, on the setting. Because that's all we are, right? Set dressing, props, landscape, scenery, something exotic to titillate the senses, the eye, for our lead white character. That's what we're there for. So I'm I'm hoping that this is a sign of things to come. I am hoping. I'm hoping. You know, I was impressed. Well, By the end of it, you know, there's just that feeling of, wow, I mean, 
what did I just see? I mean, we all heard that they were rewriting and reshooting and retweaking and rejiggering, and that's never a good sign, okay? That's never a good sign. Whenever we hear things like that, we get a fantastic four. Or in some, to a certain extent, we get a suicide squad. When we hear all this stuff about how it just didn't quite work and we just threw wooden spaghetti up in the air and now we got to try to repiece it together and it's not quite, oh, we have the six different edits and we have a, a three different endings and we have this and, oh, my God, that just sounds like a disaster. But, but, but thankfully for Rogue One, they pulled it together. They pulled it together and there was humor. I was quoting K2 all night, you know? I was, I mean, I was in it. There's a, there's a lot of humor. There's, it's a tragic story. I mean, let's face it, we all know that going in. But there are stakes, you know? And there's just, there's just a promise that I'm glad they kept in the original trailer. They kind of they kind of played with us. They kind of scared us with, like, well, we don't know if we want to go that far. No, but they... They committed to the original idea of the, of the first cut of the trailer. Like, this is going to be a boots-on-the-ground war movie. We're going to put the war in Star Wars. So they did, and I'm glad for it. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with Episode Eight. I'm curious to see how they keep this tradition going of, you know, Christmas time is now going to be Star Wars time. So I'm... I'm I'm curious. Definitely curious to see how things uh, go moving forward. I'm curious to see how things go moving forward in 2017 in general. Because, yes, I am one of those people. I know Q mentioned this. I am one of those people who's saying good riddance to 2016. It has been such a divisive, ugly, sad year. Good riddance, okay? Can we move on, please? Can we move well, on? I got to say this, um, you know, I I concur with you, although I I had to kind of make some corrections on 2016 as far as what it really was about. Uh, I got hit pretty hard in 2016 with uh, many of these legendary performers that we grew up with and, you know, everyone knew I was a big Prince fan and that kind of thing, these people, of all people, dying. Um, Bill Burr, the comedian Bill Burr, and I mentioned this on Wednesday's show, uh, Bill Burr, not that dissimilar from the Chris Rocks and the and the uh, and the Dave Chappelle's, as uh, Paul was talking about, they have a very acerbic wit. And he said it's not 2016 that was the problem. He said you can't blame the year. Some of these folks had horrible lifestyles. It might have been genetics. So sometimes you do have to take take the um, take the logic logical part of what really was happening with some of these people whether it was uh, Carrie Fisher, who was part of, of, of our existence as nerds, but unfortunately she was bipolar, a lot of heavy drug usage in her youth. I mean, she, this woman was a problem and had problems. Uh, Debbie Fisher, I'm not Debbie, I'm Debbie Reynolds, her, her, her mother, uh, Hollywood royalty, she passes on from a heartbreak, one could, one could assume, 24 hours later. So it, it is rough, but I think it's more of an attitudinal change that all of us, myself included, included, will have to make for 2017 because these folks that feel this way, that, you know, we can't be shocked this is, this is what has happened. I think this is the last breath 
of race racism before the inevitable happens. The the inevitable is that the world is is bigger than just white imagery, and that all great dynasties, if you want to look at um, the United States as a type of I don't want to use the term dynasty, but let's say a kingdom or what have you, or political state or nation state, they have their day, and then you you know you're done. Great Britain was was immense for hundreds of years. It was it was it was the most powerful nation in the world. That is not the case now. So there's going to come to a, a time where America is not number one, and and, and by extent by and by connection, uh, the Euro standard will diminish. And this, I think this is the last breath of, of, of a type of mentality that's, that's thriving for survival. When you see Rogue One making $700 million in less than two weeks, it's got to tell you something. With a mostly minority cast. These are the folks that one would tell you on paper that's not going to work. But we're seeing that folks of color can carry a movie and can, and can carry it to billion-dollar status. So now the excuses of not being able to use, you know, poor Bruce Lee from the, 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 the 1960s and 1970s, you know, uh, we spoke about this ad nauseum on the show when he invented um, – Kung Fu, the TV series, a Western that was an Eastern. You know that was his pitch. They dug the, they dug, they dug his idea. They just didn't want his face, his Asian face, for American audiences, which boggles the mind. Boggles, it, it, it's unsettling. So, forty, fifty years later, they figured it out. Oh wow! If you have people of color. Asian folk, black folk, Latin people. You have these women. They can they can carry a movie. But that you know the conventional wisdom for them for for the money people they would tell you that's not the case. So we will see. But I think uh, we have to be more about ourselves, more about the agenda, not really waiting for someone to do it for us. That's what I think is that is what I think is really. In question, are we going to always wait for the majority culture, for mainstream culture, for white the white corporate structure to allow us in the door? I don't think that's I don't think that's how it's going to work. I really don't. Mm. Folks, again, folks, this is the Grindhouse New Year's Eve special. Happy New Year's for, for folks. Uh, Let's move forward beyond 2016. It really was a depressing year, very depressing. But we cannot go into the following year with the same kind of attitude. I just, I, I will not allow that for myself. That's just not going to happen. So let's let's talk, let's talk about some of the things that that um, we can expect for 2017. Some of these movies that are coming forward. I, I will say I, I've been checking out more Netflix. I think Nef- the prominence of Netflix is just going to be. I mean, Netflix is just killing it. Uh, Troll Hunters, even though it's geared for children, I actually dug Troll Hunters. Uh, Anton Yeltsin, the late 
They Yeltsin. canceled my show, though, that, Marco Polo. Yeah, yep, Marco Polo's canceled, unfortunately. That that, that, that hurt my heart right there. It, that, it was uh, it, apparently it was their most expensive show, and because of the ratings didn't, didn't match up, which I don't know what the hell that means, because everyone I know loved it, but they canned it. That hurt me. I, I, I was a big Marco Polo fan, too, and I promoted Marco Polo quite a bit on this show. Um, that That's a component, again, that's a component of what this show is about. And, uh, I, you know, I told Claire, I think on, on, on air, that, uh, and I, I don't want to keep on dumping on this podcast, but the Collider podcast, when they were talking about um, Lucy Liu and Ghost in the Shell, and they just mildly talked, they mildly address the whitewashing issue but then they proceeded to talk about all the little all the little uh accoutrements of asian co- of, repeat that again i'm sorry you said lucy lou yeah it was scarlett yeah. johansson yeah. right yeah scarlett johansson oh, i'm sorry we wish maybe, lucy lou was in the show <laughs> yeah okay but you know what right right they, I, thought that, I, I guess that's, that's wishful thinking Oh God, that's wishful thinking. Uh, that shows you where, where my mind is at. Scarlett Johansson. I thought I said Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson and and um, Ghost in the Shell. That um, you know they they just they just glanced over the issue. They spoke about it, but then they they lauded over the Asian accoutrements. They lauded over the aesthetic, and and just made like this, they made it seem as if this isn't a real issue. And it, and it reminds me of the need for these podcasts and for podcasters to really push the product. I, I did all I could do for, for – well, maybe I could do more. Maybe I'm not thinking, thinking outside the box. But we, I heavily spoke about Marco Polo on this broadcast. I, I likened it to, likened it to a, a Asian Game of Thrones. Um, Benedict Wong was a beast on that on that program. So, I mean, if, if you don't if you don't have the podcasters out here pushing the product, doing what we can do to say, hey, there's stuff going on. Open up your eyes and support it. I mean, that's half the battle as well. We because the, the other side appears to be clueless. And I and personally, I think we should be even calling for a boycott of. Ghost in the shell. I wonder if it's really clueless. I wonder, is it clueless, like you just don't get it, or is it willful? It is by design. And it's funny, yeah, Collider, they don't care. What, what's it to them? What's it to them? Same thing when I told you about Deadline.com, a very, very prominent, well-respected Hollywood online, you know, uh, online trade that's, that, that's constantly furnishes articles about the entertainment industry and what have you. And I've had issues with them before, as I told you. As I told you, remember when they, they put out that article a while back saying, yo, yeah, oh, 2015, yeah, the, 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 the year of diverse casting, and is it... going too far. Is it... Exactly. And they said, is it um, too much of a good thing? And this person oh, went on to cite five, five examples... Five. And keep in mind, even back then, in 2015, there were still upwards of almost, almost 400 shows. Coming into 2017, it'll be almost 500. 
That's mind-boggling. But we are almost at 500 shows across all platforms into 2017, regardless if we're talking about network, you know, ABC, the NBC's, the Fox. We're talking about basic cable, which is FX, AMC. Talking about premium cable, HBO, Showtime, streaming, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Between all platforms, 500 scripted series. That is insane. And for her to list five examples, five examples of diverse casting, and dare ask, is it too much? Has the pendulum swung too far in the other direction? I was disgusted, and so were a lot of people. And so then they had to put out an apology. They changed the title of the headline. And so then I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I'm going to take you off my ish list for a minute. You know, you were on probation, you know, when you pissed me off being so disrespectful. But let me see. Let me see what's going on. And then they have this puff piece, I told you, a puff piece interviewing Kevin Feige, Marvel, you know. And the interviewer, the interviewer asked him, what do you think of this whole pseudo-controversy regarding the ancient one? Pseudo-controversy? Why don't you just, why don't you just spit in my face? You know, I'm just so sick of this. I'm so over it. I'm so over it. I'm done. Because like I said, like you have said, these people, they want to act like they're about it. They want to act like they're so liberal. They want to act like they're so multicultural. They want to act like they're so open to all this. No, you're not. No, you're not. You are still part of the problem. You are still feeding the machine. Well, you know, part of this is because it's so... Go ahead. I was going to say, part of this this is because it's so embedded. And even with the liberals, even with folks who, who would call themselves liberal... We saw Matt Damon, who was, who was the, the poster child for liberalism. But when it came down to how we really thought on, on a very, um, on, on a, on a very uh, subcutaneous level, you know, he, he, deep, you know, he liberal up to, a, up to a point. I mean, with exactly. the, 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 the way he spoke to her, the only, it, the only woman, the only woman of color on that whole uh, Project Greenlight, trying to act like, oh, no, you, you don't understand. No, no, you don't get it. It's more important to have diversity in front of the camera, not behind the camera. And she just looked at him dumbfounded. Like, did you really just say that? Did you really just say that to me, a black woman who's a, a writer and producer, trying to be, you know, d- directing my projects? Did you really just say that? So I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Now that I really put the pieces together, I suppose none of this whole election should have surprised me. I suppose I should have seen it coming. No, I because liberals <laughs> are part of the problem, too. And I'm just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to say. I really don't. Well, uh, let, me, let me tell you what you do know. <laughs> because we... It, when we say I don't know, we do know what it is. 
it's just a way of not really wanting to believe what is clearly in our face. It's clear, clearly in our face, and I'm at the point now where having, having pity parties on air, not, not that we're doing that, but other podcasters and other radio shows, they're, they're going over and over again in their head trying to figure out why don't these people see your humanity. They've never seen your humanity, and if they pretend to see your humanity, it's only because it might be of a fiduciary interest for them to see your humanity. So if that is the case, if that is the case, there's a finality to certain things. Let me repeat that again. There is a finality to certain things. There's a line you can't, that's a line that, that you can't cross with these people. So if that's the case, what you have to do. And I believe, and I, we're going to be, go real hard in, in the paint on this show for 2017, starting to embolden people to boycott and divest in, when, in certain properties that don't respect you. I'm not going to see Ghost in the Shell. I'm not going to see The Great Wall. I mean, Doctor Strange was a hard road for me because I love that character, and I did see it. And I said, and I did see it really because Mr. Wong was in there and Mr. Ejiofor was in there. So I, I tried, I tried very hard, but I thought that even even as a black person, but I am a person of color, so I I can relate. Trust me. When I saw uh, Tilda Swinton looking like trying to channel the look of an Asian person, like I w- I would respect these studios if they were to do like a Magnificent Seven. You know, if you're gonna do if you're going to interpret a Kurosawa work, then interpret it in your own way, where you, we can say, okay, this was referencing that, but it's still a Western, a Western in every sense. It's it's a Western as far as Westernized culture, and it was actually a Western. But what they're talking about, even Akira coming going forward, I think Tom Cruise is attached to that. You can't start having what. Okay, Actors. you just secure? Yeah, you didn't know that. I didn't hear about this. What? Come on, man! They don't. They oh. don't stop. Oh come! Oh don't come on! Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Respect. Oh, you know, man. but Akira Akira has been on the um, on the shelf for fourteen years. They've been trying to make Akira happen forever. About eight years ago, they wanted Chris Evans. <sighs> yeah. Oh my Four. God. Yes, you heard me, Chris Evans. So this is this is not now, now. If they did something else, if they called it something else, it did something completely radically different, like interpret it, interpret it in a Western way. Then I, I really can't hate on that. The way that Magnificent Seven is 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 of its own unique way versus Seven Samurai. It, you know, you could see, you could see the homage, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a samurai. It's very much a some product. Is that right? That's what you do when you are inspired by someone. Take something and then just, you know, put on a, a, a wig and try to do some kind of computer CG. I mean, they were literally trying to make Scarlett Johansson more Asian in appearance, as if that, as if that is okay. Which goes to show you how yeah. few people of color are there to like put the brake light on and say, yo, what are you doing? There's nobody there behind the scenes. That's exactly that's Clearly, what there's nobody there, but that's what's so scary is that they there's no understanding. There's no awareness. There is no 
cognition of what they are saying in terms of um in terms of like like you mentioned that they 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 denied it oh boy they denied it but yes they were trying to do cgi uh previs testing on modifying scarlett johansson's eyes and i'm i'm telling you they're denying it oh they're denying it and they spun the story all every which way possible because once it hit the web once it hit the social media you know crosshairs all of a sudden it's like no no we were just um we were just experimenting with you know uh, alternate characters and and other pe- not not scarlet uh-huh yeah sure no they were trying to digitally make her asian as if that's no. acceptable just like with matt damon no. going off on on this woman and being so condescending Hear, hear me, hear me, white man, explain to you, black woman, diversity, because you are confused. You do not seem to understand. They put that in the show. It but is in the episode for all of us to see, because clearly there is no understanding conceptually that this is ugly. This makes you look like a jackass. Had you had some understanding or realization of that, you would not have allowed that in the show. But because you don't and, and get you know, it, you don't know how offensive and, and, you're being, you let it play out on the show. Wait, and you know something else that's important? And I, and I, I don't want to keep on repeating this, but I think it's important. That you can't have people – like I, I respected uh, Margaret Cho, actually, when she, when she confronted, confronted Tilda Swinton in that email because – the, why, when you really get into it in a more deep level, why, why out of the blue? Like, you didn't have a, a relationship with Margaret Cho. So you decided to kind of sort of uh, create one to give you some kind of – because you, you probably felt guilty about taking the job. I mean, that's, what, that's what's also going on here, too, is that you have people that are, are, are about self-interest. It's in her self-interest to take that gig. And she was trying to, at the same time, be a good person. And you can't be. And, and Margaret Jones said, "Well, listen, this whitewashing thing is a thing. There, there are people of color, Asian folks specifically, but I, I'm, I'm equally upset about it. Want to see the, 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 the characters they grew up with? They want to see them come to, re, to, to life. And these folks are too lazy to, to." Create that character or to update the character. All they had to do is update the ancient one, but they didn't. They they didn't want to do that. So let's 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 just bring this white woman in, and give her Asian accoutrements. <laughs> I mean that's that's the part that gets to be, and no one sees it for some reason. So my issue is, mm. is that we need to have people who are going to also speak up on this stuff. You have people who have to speak up. Um, you have to have people that are that are not going to invest in this. I see a lot of the a lot of the geeks, uh, based on the Collider uh, experience, the Collider of the podcast, that everyone is all all in with Ghost in the Shell, like it's okay, like it's just it's, you know oh we know we understand there's a whitewashing problem, but uh, Scarlett Johansson looks good in that suit, and uh, you know there's there's one Asian character in there, some you know, and we're gonna keep on keep it moving. It's all good. It's okay. It's okay. No, it's not okay, and we should not. They, that movie should be a flop. 
And I liked Scarlett Johansson, but she's uh, she's working in her self interest. You know, it, as it, do you I. Know what it as do me? I. And I and I do want us to be clear on that. I do want us to be clear that I don't have a problem with Scarlett Johansson. I like her. I have always liked her. And I don't have a problem with Hilda Swinton. Okay, I don't. I don't dislike her. I am highly aware of her skill and how talented she is. And to her credit, to her benefit, she is she's unique. She is unique. She has a very interesting androgynous look, almost almost alien like. So she has a quality that definitely sets her apart visually from your typical actors. So I can I can attest to that. I can appreciate that. That's not what we're here to discuss. So I don't want people to misunderstand and think that we're blaming these actors, you know, like we hate these actors. How dare they? No, it's not about that. It's not about that. But you know, but you know something else, Claire, that I just, I just thought about, though, that we have to be mindful of? Let's not be too quick about these actors because, again, there's, there's self-interest involved. And like some of these, these, these Trump supporters that you referenced when you were speaking before, you know, you came across some people that you thought were friends or acquaintances that you thought they were of a certain, a certain morality. But when it came down to it, what they told you, what they told you was racism isn't off the table. Now, uh, real conscious actors, like someone in Scarlett Johansson does not need the money. Okay? A conscious woman, you have conscious white people out here. Shout out to John Hutton. You have conscious people. Of any ethnic, you have them. They exist. A conscious white person would have said, "Hey, wait up! I'm not really touching that role." But if you're not conscious, or like I said, the Trump supporters, they would, they might like you, Claire, but they still told you to your face in a way. Well, racism. It, it, I know it affects you personally. I know it affects that you know you might be physically harmed, or your job might be in jeopardy. Or, 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 you know, all kinds of things could happen to you personally. But for my life, racism isn't off the table. And there's a little bit of that with these actors. There's a little bit of that, that everywhere. To, well, I don't like to yeah. use the words white privilege. I don't, I don't like those words because they, again, even like when we discussed this before, with the word diverse, diversity. I'm sick of that word as well because it's lost all meaning. It's lost all meaning. It's been co-opted. It's been used as a soundbite. It's just BS, all of it, meaningless, okay? So I don't like to use it, but, but that's basically what I, come, I seriously came across so much this year, of course, because of, of, of the election, of the very political climate was very tense, and it was just so unsettling to me because ultimately again you think that these people are your people like we're friends we're cool we think we think alike in terms of our perception overall of the world society you know cultures being respectful what what have you what have you and then all of a sudden i'm i'm reading their diatribes on on social media about how this is Trump's America and, and we're making America great again and just jumping on that bandwagon, supporting an outright sexist, racist pig whom I'm embarrassed to have represent this country on the world stage. But I'm listening to these people and I'm thinking, okay, well, thank you for showing yourself. Thank you for revealing 
yourself. Because I thought you were a certain way, but now you're telling me in so many words that, Claire, I like you. I think you're a nice person. I think you're this. I think you're that. I'm glad that we're quote-unquote friends. I like you, Claire. I'm aware that you're Asian and that there are certain things that you are frustrated by. But ultimately, that's not my problem. I yeah, like you individually as a person. But just remember, just remember, I'm better than you. Just remember that. That's basically what what all of these, these, these people are saying. And I just, it was such an eye-opener. It's such an eye-opener, I got to say, for all the folks that wanted to, regardless of whether we're talking about celebrities or actors, people we also kind of have a tendency to want to favor or like because we find them attractive, we think they're talented, we just think they're interesting, whatever. But it's all part of the facade, right? So regardless of whether we're talking about them or people that we actually have known, spoken to, gotten to, you know, feel connected by in some way, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm realizing <laughs> it's such, it's just part of the human condition. If if they do not look like you, if they do not share any of your your struggle, they can try to pretend all they want about how much they empathize, that they understand, they wish things were different, they support you, but it's all BS. It's all BS because in their minds, they don't want anything to change. They like having the upper hand. They can say, oh, yeah, I like you individually and you individually. I like this black person. I like this Latin person. I like that. But you know what? Ultimately, in their minds, they like the fact that they still have the upper hand. They don't want to give that up. I don't care what they say now. I don't care what any of these liberals say now. I don't care because it's all lies. And, and, it goes, and it goes to show you that – go ahead, Paul. Go ahead. No, who's gonna? Oh, I, I wanted to speak. I, I wanted yeah, well, to. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I, what, what I was gonna say was probably gonna change the topic. But you, you, you were talking about what we're looking forward to. Hey, I'm looking forward to you, both you and Claire mentioned it. I'm looking forward to Star Trek Discovery, where we're gonna have a black crewman who's gonna be the lead of the show. We're gonna have the beautiful and talented Sonequa Martin Green leading the show. We're gonna have the beautiful and talented Michelle Yeoh. As a starship captain, Star Trek, that's all I'm looking for next year. I don't know how they're going to do it with this uh, online thing, and it might be available well, on see, Netflix. I'm not really sure. Star Trek Discovery. Q, I've got to say this real quick. And based, I'm glad you said that. This is where it's so important that these folks get off their high horses and go to the, go to the blogs, go to the podcasters, because uh, you know, the, I know folks like Steve Harvey, you know, whatever. But the Steve Harvey, I mentioned because those folks aren't going to do it. When it comes down to Luke Cage, Michelle Yeoh, uh, there's, there's, there are quite a few. There are some. There is some representation of people of color in the sci-fi genre, and the sci-fi genre is what's happening right now. But for some reason, you know, if this is going to work, especially as a streaming service, these folks got to get out and they got go to go go to the right spaces. I don't know if going to Jimmy Kimmel is the only way. It's not the only thing going when it comes down to actually, you know, go to Fan Bros. 
Go to black girl nerds. Go to Afro nerds. Go to black geeks. I mean, they, they are quite. Go to a tiger. Go to red belt, shirts. Go to red shirts. Go to red. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm I'm rattling off all these podcasters, and, and let me tell you something. Our numbers are quite respectable, so it's not as if we can't. You know, this this high mightiness. Don't come up with these projects as if they're 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 occurring in a vacuum. This this might now we're having a, a really female. You know, now think about this. This is a women's starship now of color. Now that has to be represented. It has to be spoken about. It has to be pushed. See, if no well, one pushes gonna... and yells and screams, well, then they uh, fade uh, off uh, and then they say, "Well, we tried it." Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I didn't mean to interrupt because definitely on, on on a roll there. Um, uh, it's just uh. I actually have to to, to be uh to, to clock out uh, in a minute. I have to handle some some stuff for 2017. No problem. In regards to the We're going off about five no, minutes. But... Oh 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 wow. Okay cool. Well, um, it, uh, I I did I did want to want to mention uh, tie some, something in though. Um, just if I could just chime in for a, for a second there. Um, I, I definitely sure. hear what 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 everyone's saying and you know and the gripes that we're having, and I definitely agree. Uh, I, I agree that there is a there is a dominant futility in trying to reason or appeal to the logic and humanity of a racist majority in regards to now, now the interesting thing about about race uh, racism the moment you say the word racist uh, people push it to the to the to, to its most militant incarnation and therefore since most most of these liberals are not necessarily militantly racist. They, they're going to get offended by that because they're saying, "No, that I know I'm not a racist," and they generally believe that. They don't understand that racism has, is a very, very wide spectrum in what is considered racism, and and I definitely agree with with, 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 with what Claire was saying when she was saying that um, uh, that that you have a a group of people who have no problem befriending certain people of color. Or or, or, or or certain minor, minorities, you know, I like you, I like you selectively, you know, you, you're cool to be around because they want the best of both worlds. But, but at the end of the day, they're not going to let go of their current position. And and, uh, and I know she doesn't want to use her privilege, but, but I mean, for lack of a better word, their privilege that they're enjoying at the moment. Um, and I, I've definitely, uh, if it was any other group that was in that seat, they would feel the exact same way. That that is the disgusting, ugly side of having of, of having a very unbalanced scale for so long. So I I believe that it's completely futile to try and appeal to to these people because they're not going to understand it. They're born into it to this. Their parents are born into it. Their grandparents are born into this. So they're never gonna they're never they're never going to let that go willingly. It's just it, it's it's not going to happen. We we as a human race have not reached that level of of uh, of of, um, of evolution to 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 better ourselves and say, you know what, you know, you know, maybe this is wrong. We're going to step down from this and rectify that. We're still pretty corrupt, unfortunately. It's just being a realist. Um, as you notice, I don't have as much faith in humanity as the average person, but that's just my own personal thing. But uh, I, 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 I do think that our, our focus should definitely be on, on, on the projects that are happening right now within our communities and, and within and, and the projects that are happening by people of color within the industry as well, even as a diseased machine as it is, you do have some people who are insisting on trying, uh, or, or are persisting in trying to reform it from the inside. I, I, and I do respect that. I'm not one of them. 
I'd much rather go and build my own table than try to bake for scraps at a particular table. But I do respect people who are not satisfied with the scraps at that table, but they're still demanding their seat and building their chair there. I have to respect that. So I think that we should we should focus in general on what we are doing. And uh, and, and, and you mentioned the, uh, the podcast and media. One thing I can personally say as an independent creator is that we um, – and this is is kind of like a a, a tough hand that I'm that I'm uh, going to be quite direct to uh, to to podcasts and blogs of color. Um, it's been it, I know for for me personally, it's been quite hard to get some press sometimes. That's very frustrating, especially at times we really need it, like for the Kickstarter uh, that were happening. There's some times where it was, it was like radio silence for some of these blogs, and the reason why is because they're more concerned talking about Empire, talking about some of the shows that were. That, 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 you know that were coming on, and well, yeah, that's, that's great if you have that. But you need to you need to make you need to understand there's a responsibility you have too to make sure that you give the independent um, creators a spotlight because there's this ignorant notion going through the black nerd community in general that unless you're mainstream, you're an amateur, and therefore because you're an amateur, you don't deserve my time of day. Well, here's the problem with that. You have many, you have many hardworking professionals who are incredible at their work and could definitely give Marvel and DC run for their money, if not, if not knock them out the park. But because they chose to do it independently, all of a sudden you have this ignorant notion that they're amateurs; they don't really know what they're doing, and you, and you feel like you're on your high horse to. I'm, not, I'm saying the, 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 the proverbial you. I'm not sorry, you guys specifically. I'm just saying. No, we get it. We get it. Yeah, yeah. They're, um, uh, and you have some of these uh, these podcasters and, and bloggers and writers and. I'm not going to name them, but they know who they are. Uh, they've um, they have this notion that unless you're Marvel or DC, I'm just going to I'm I'm I, I'm going to throw you a bone and mention you every every once in a while, but you know, but, but, but you know, like I'm I'm official, more mainstream because I, I work for, for for some blog. Yeah, well, you're an idiot because you're preventing the progress of uh, of of another industry that that actually by its mere existence would equalize the playing field and force the other side. To reform itself, but you're not doing that because you're insisting on having this arrogant, condescending viewpoint towards uh, indie creators. And I think that's something that going 2017, we definitely need to reform uh, as far as uh, as far as bloggers, as far as podcasters, and and and, and writers, and just the the general nerd press, uh, specifically the black nerd press. Um, you guys have a responsibility to the indie creators, the good indie creators, the ones that are putting out quality work that can give Marvel and DC a run for their money and are trying to build something, they need press. If they don't get press, no one knows that they exist. If no one knows they exist, they don't sell. They don't sell, they can't survive. And, you know, you can fill in the blank after that. If they don't survive, you're not going to get this anymore. And then I don't want to hear anyone crying, crying, no, where, where is the black this, where is the black that? If you'd rather pander to Hollywood, uh, sorry, if you'd, if you'd rather beg to, to Hollywood and just panhandle and, 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 and beg them to to give you one slight representation and you, you, and you kiss their hand because they made one side character black or, or, or slightly darker than a paper bag, then that's your mental problem that you have there. But for everyone else, we need to wake up and realize that the, the black press um, has a responsibility to black creators. And right now, I think that they're failing on certain parts. They're, they're only selecting, well, I know this guy or, or this interests me. Unfortunately, we don't have that luxury. There's, just, there's too little press out there you kind of have to shed light. If it's good, it, it doesn't matter if you like it or not. Shed light on it. That's just my my uh, my point of view on 2017. Well said. On, on that note, on that note, uh, folks, we're closing shop. Um, we're already in the podcast format, so this will be heard um, 
in the podcast. It's not live. We're not live anymore. But I must awesome. concur with what I must concur with what you said, Paul. And uh, we need to push the products. And I, I mentioned this here and there that we we do talk about Rogue One and Civil War, but we also talk about folks like yourself, uh, e- EXO. You guys have done a great there's job, a, a, by the way. Let me put that in. <clears throat> well, listen, I I, I think I, I realize if you're going to look at it from the long picture, we have to start to not be so invested in mainstream white pop culture. Not so invested. Mm. Uh, to be fair, there's stuff that I like, and I'm going to talk about it. But at the same time, I'm a, I'm a black man. I'm a man of color. I appreciate uh, other ethnicities and what they bring to the game. I want to see immersion. I don't, I, I'm getting away to, to, to highlight off of what Claire said. I'm tired of that, the diversity thing because it's a category. It's a, it's a category to tolerate you, to say, oh, well, this, diver- mm. this diversity thing. Why are we talking about diversity when I'm a human being just like you're a human being? I mean, I'm no different than anybody else. I mean, I, I have the same – I eat McDonald's, re- regretfully, McDonald's like anybody <laughs> else. So, so the bottom line is enough with diversity. It's about immersion, an, a, 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 a immersive society where everybody has their day, like a salad. You don't eat, if you have a salad, you just don't eat a salad with just a lettuce. The salad has all, everything in there. Tomatoes and cucumbers, that's what society's supposed to be. And, and except these folks just want all, all lettuce, nothing else. You know how that would taste? Boring. Anyway, folks, it's been real. Claire, happy new year. Daryl, happy new year. Paul, I know it's going to be very big in 2017. Uh, I appreciate it, brother. Of course, of course man, Q-Storm, Daryl, everybody, continue supporting us. Uh, we gotta make, we gotta push this, folks. We really have to push it. Um, behind the scenes, I'm gonna get some of your addresses. We're gonna p- give you some Afro Nerd shirts, some Afro Nerd. I'm gonna have a formal store. I've been saying it for the longest time, but it's going to happen. But I, I we do have Afro Nerd shirts, Afro Nerd uh, watches, believe it or not. There's some things going on. So uh, we got somebody has to push this thing. Claire, your stuff is on its way. Um, it's been real, folks. 2017, be safe. Let's keep it clean, keep it intelligent, high cogitation. Let's keep it real. Matt Miller and Edison Pack, dang. Wednesday, folks. Happy New
can't go away, girl, I'ma need you Play your game today, my ticket to an Ivy League school Won't get Hall of Fame dick from a minor league dude I see pussy, other people need food Only got a little time, man, I ain't trying to spend it All you in the valley who ain't giving who attention Starting up the engine, need to reboot I see pussy, other people need food And I use every bone in my body Keep on holding on to your trust I won't forget too soon. 